The Dode Fox Podcast. Welcome to episode 26 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul, he's Ronnie. I'm still smiling and he's still ripping the piss out of me. Thanks to everyone who listened last week and to everyone that has listened to the first six months of this podcast. The amount of people listening, messaging us and who come and say hi every week is simply mind-blowing. We can't thank you enough. Join the conversation. We are at Dode Fox Podcast on social media. 18 games played, 18 to go. Coming up on this week's episode, another clean sheet, another three points, another win, a meltdown, Derby preview, Tony Asgar as our special guest, the loan report, on this day with Arab Archive, and why was Paul smiling so much in the heggy after the match? It's all coming up this week on episode 26 of the Dode Fox podcast. Hi, it's Leo. I'd like to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas from the Dode Fox podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox podcast. Before we get into looking back at the confidence builder of yesterday afternoon, can we just start by saying it's episode 26. It is the halfway stage of a year, six months we've been in this game. It's been all right. It's been decent. It's yeah, been, it's been decent. I'm not sure the podcast's always been decent, <laughs> but me and you have a ball every Sunday when uh, we record this. And of course, it's a massive thanks. I mean, Paul mentioned at the start there, but a massive thanks to everyone who who does listen uh, on a weekly basis. Uh, some people listen every week. Some people like to keep them together for a rainy day. Stockpile the podcast episode. Yeah, which is cool. And if you haven't listened to some of the great guests we've had on, if you're new to the podcast, we've had uh, John Holt's been on, Tom Cairns, Andy Goldie, Paul Dixon, uh, the infamous Not Siggy Johnson's been on, uh, Andy McLaren's been on, plus we had some fans, Paul Riley, uh, Jonas Nicolainen and John O'Keefe have all been on as well. We had Sam McMahon on the phone, who he was in Kansas City on his stag do, and he'd been to see Johnny Russell's team playing and everything. Uh, so it's just, we just wanted to take a moment right at the start, just to say thank you, thank you, thank you uh, to everyone that does listen. We started this thinking if 100 people could listen, it'd be pretty cool uh, and it makes it really worthwhile. Uh, it helps when the team are playing well. Let's just put that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to get the kind of numbers we've had and the amount of people that just come and say hi or comment or, you know, uh, like we've seen a tweet this morning, we will always record this on a Sunday, just saying, I, I can't wait to hear us talk shite for on the podcast. And we said, well, that's there's so, nothing unusual. That's what we do. It's just tangerine-tinted shite. That is what we do. And we enjoy it and... F- for some crazy reason, everyone out there seems to uh, enjoy it as well. So I just want to get the nice niceties out of the way because it's Christmas yeah. uh, and just say thank you very much for your support over uh, the past six months. And let's just hope the next six months go as well as it's been. Fingers crossed. Yes. So we've done that. Thank you very much. Let's move on and talk about yesterday. <sighs> Shall we start with the pre-match in the Heggy? Because there was a bit of a battle. Before we get into the... Uh, we'll gloss over the first 40 minutes of the game, by the way. But uh, pre-match in the Heggy. Now, uh, we usually deck in the Heggy about 1 o'clock latest um, for a wee shandy at a Christmas night out on the Friday. Survived it. Didn't trap door like some people. And it was okay. And uh, so I left to go up the stairs about quarter to two. And then about half an hour later or something, I got a text on my phone, which was you and <laughs> and Martin mm-hmm. with blindfolds on. Care to tell us more? 
Yeah, well, it's part of uh, Big Andy Crichton and his uh, impeccable baking skills. He usually comes in with some sort of tray bake of some sort. So we're in a group chat with him and with another couple of people. And the, the chat got going where it was uh, it was getting a bit competitive, shall we say, where there was uh, one member of the group, Jen, saying, well, I could make pretty decent mince pies. And Andy thought, that sounds like a challenge to me. So it was arranged, <laughs> the great Heggy Bake Off, and uh, myself and Martin were the judges. But to make it fair, we had to be blindfolded. So there we were, sitting like a couple of dafties, mm-hmm. eager dafties, yep. with hands out. Anything could have been put in them. We... I've got to be honest, I was fearful. Uh-huh. Thankfully, you weren't there at that time because I probably would have imagined something naughty being put in my hand. No, no, it would have just been a red pudding. <laughs> that was what I was worried about. A chip a lot or something. <laughs> we Willy Winky. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so we had to taste the, the mince pies. Uh, it was good banter. It got filmed. It looked like an ISIS video at one point. Uh, but but the winner was Jen. She, she toppled Andy's mince pies. Not quite comfortably because they were both delicious. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm trying to be nice to them. They were both delicious. But Jen won. So it was a good start to my afternoon. <laughs> and we'll put that photo out later on today just mm. to see see in action. It's uh, it's interesting. It's going to get photoshopped for mock chop, is it? It will be an ISIS video. That's something. the reason I'm, I'm posting it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey-ho. So that was that. On to the game. One change. Hard done by... Mr. Appery? Well, it was it was one that I spoke about it in the, through the week with my mate that I work with, my good buddy Starkers, and I was saying I would bring McMullen back in. But? But, but I wasn't sure who for. Mm. And in my opinion, it would have been either for Sam Stanton or for Louis. And my and my mate was like, nah, I'll not be for Louis. I was like, well, that might be, because you kind of drop Sam. He scored and he was well. You kind of dropped Louis, and he he had a fair point. I don't think anybody was getting dropped. I think uh, what Nielsen may have factored in is Louis' age. Even though he's like a machine, uh, he's probably thinking I don't want to burden the guy out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would I would have got McMullen back in the team anyway, and it would have been incredibly harsh on Stanton when he's standing there with his one hundred jersey and a subby top one. You, you couldn't have done that, Tom. Uh, but it worked. You know, and I know you've said that we'll gloss over the first forty minutes. It didn't feel like it was working for the first forty minutes. Uh, we were, we were, a wee bit underperforming. I felt we weren't really at it. Uh, and if you're an Air United fan that goes to all the Air United v Dundee United games, you'll probably think that we are not that great. And that's maybe one of the reasons that Ian McCall has formed the opinion that he has formed. Oh well, Air United are the best team in the league of Abdi's bumming up. Dundee United, because we just never seem to play that great against them, which sounds silly because we're sitting here the day after a four nothing humping, but that that yesterday wasn't the best United. No, it wasn't for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it was as well because it was just they had a lot of the ball, like too much of the ball for my liking. But again, I've said this loads of times. You look back at some of the games, how busy is our goalkeeper and the, the answer's not overly no no well me and me and yourself were debating uh, before we started recording this uh, he had one save around about the 12th 13th minute I thought it was a good save but your mate was at the other side of the ground and he thought it was a TV save he did that's but, exactly what he called it but regardless it was a save that needed to be made uh, and there was a couple of crosses as well 
but yeah, like you say, there wasn't really, never really felt threatened by them uh, at all for us for all the, the nice football that they played. And credit to here, they can play some nice football. Uh, they certainly played very well down in here earlier in the season. Uh, and no. deserve shite boys. Yeah, but we'll we'll not get into that today. Just soon. And then 42 minutes, man of the moment, and the 100 club he goes. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that cross. Bosch, 1-0. Yeah. Uh, it was brilliant from McMullen. Mm-hmm. Because the ball itself from uh, Shankland down the left, that wasn't the best pass in the world. <laughs> I mean, if, if anything, it was a kick for touch in a game of rugby. <laughs> but it managed to stay in. And even when it stayed in, the defender should have dealt with it far more easily than yeah, he did. But McMullen was just the usual. He's just like a wee wasp. Mm. Nobody likes wasps. Yeah. And he just robbed the boy of the ball, put it on a plate for Sam and won the up mm-hmm. against the run of play. Highlights on Crime Watch. The, the player he robbed, uh, Stephen Bell, ex of United. Good. Mm-hmm. Played in the youths. Oh, you go 15 years ago now because I was involved in the coaching but in the... G League days. Oh, did you take him that then. day when it was like clearances or something? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't play my team. He was a, he was on United's book. I tell you, he did play my team, Scott Fraser. Oh. Unbeaten that year, PSV. Just saying. Wow. Just saying. But anyway. Yes. Uh, so the, in trumpet <laughs> I did, I did, button the day. So uh, Fanny Goldie needs a bit of help. <laughs> he knows who got a phone. Um, so 1 0 at half time. And I think a lot of people were thinking, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but we'll take it. You know, how many times did we say that? Because the thing was, as well, right? For that forty minutes, I was going, "Can John Do- Daly not just come back on? Mm. What a what motivation he got!" Yeah, tune helped. The tune helped, <laughs> and looking around, there was a lot of hands in the air. Oh, it was, it was, it was it? really good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think he appreciated it. He stayed for the whole game as well because I saw him after the the match leaving the ground. So fair play to him. Yes. Yeah. Hero, an absolute hero of United yeah. fans. Yeah, your record's really good actually as well. You're 22 in one season. Which is... well, he's a cup winner. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he's well, always going to be... Do you think people forget about that because he didn't score? No. Because I think the credit always goes to Goody and Conway. Always. Because yeah. you think, well, you, a lot of people think Paul Dixon won the cup. He didn't. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. drink a lot of beer before they go to watch United. <laughs> so it'll be the people you'll be referring to. No, I, I wouldn't. I don't think anybody forgets Daly or his contribution. No, definitely uh, not. I, but when he was when he was at United, there was a lot of guys who didn't really rate him mm. because he was too slow. He was too this. He was too that. He was a really good player for us to have. I mean, and towards the end of his time at United as well, when he went back to centre half, some games he was brilliant. He was better there than what Mark Dunham was as a centre forward. But Stephen Bell done his best Mark Dunham impression yesterday. He's class. And he nailed it. <laughs> Twice. Really <did>. Three times. <laughs> so, we're going one note of the break. What are you feeling? I still felt, I, I thought we were lucky, but I thought Nielsen's going to change something. Because it just, well, whatever. after, I mean, it changed during the half. There was a, a couple mm. of times. Yeah. Yeah, there was a few players getting moved moved about. But Did you think there'd be a half-time substitution? Which I think is something Robbie Nielsen does not do. And mm. I'm not having a go at him for that because I wouldn't have changed anything at half-time, especially when I won up. But mm. I'm just no sure. I, I think if someone's having, it's carrying an injury or having an absolute stinker or was it, was it, Wharton, was it no working? I think we can't discredit how well Air was playing. We weren't great, mm-hmm. but they were playing pretty well. Yeah, they were. You know, yeah. No, I, I wasn't expecting a, a half-time subby, but I did think he would he would change something. I thought we would come out better uh, in the second half, which which we did, but it still wasn't great. Uh, 
They actually looked like at the start of the second half we were lining up with five in midfield. Because they were they were getting a lot of space in midfield, right? Yeah. A lot of space. But then, in about the 55th minute, let's discuss the wee meltdown that we witnessed. And you would have witnessed that pretty close. Yeah, from the passback king. Yeah. Have you, have you watched the penalty back? Yes. Mm. What do you think? Do I think it's a penalty? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a penalty. Do you? Yeah, because he kicks him. It's a penalty. Mm. Uh, I, I wasn't sure. At the time, I was screaming for it, but I'm, I'm he the guy He effectively broke Sam Stanton's leg for 30 seconds. Mm. It, it was a penalty. Well, well, it was given, so it was a penalty. Yeah, but penalty. I, if, it was, if that's against United, I'm not having it. You can't swing your leg and kick a boy. You can't do it. Mm. It's a, yeah, it's a penalty. Um, is that a booking? I'm not sure it's a booking. But what led to that was hilarious. Yeah. That this is when we should have referees mic'd up. This would be great yes. to hear what was actually said. Because yeah. he must have said something. He must have said, you're no very good. Something like that. Yeah, but more colourfully. You're really no very good. Possibly. Yeah, possibly <laughs> that. Yeah. And then it was, well, here's a, here's another colour for you to go along with your language. There's a red. Did you see the shite house behaviour for the goalkeeper? I did. i never seen it at the time, but I've watched it. The referee doesn't see that. Given the the clip I watched this morning, mm, I don't. No. Th- I think the ref's writing in his wee book. Yeah, I think he's writing. He's doing Mark Kerr's phone number or something. Like that. Oh, <laughs> phone you later, Kerr's. Oh, I cannot or- go to that barber. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I saw the keeper come out and he was trying to put Shankland off. We we words to begin with, and Shankland mm. just rubbered him. He turned around, started heading towards the D on the edge of the box, and yeah. then the boy starts scuffing the pitch. Good. Good tactics for the keeper, I suppose. I mean, you do anything if you're the keeper. I don't blame him, but if the ref sees that, he would book him, I would think. Yeah. I saw someone said on Twitter, it's like, um, oh, they're good pals and that. So? Mm. <laughs> they're playing against you. Yeah. If you're in the goal, you're doing that as well. Of course, that. You yeah. will become the shite house. Yeah, no, I don't have I don't have any issue with the keeper doing that, other than he's wrecking a wee bit of the Tannadice pitch. Uh-huh. But no, I, I would want... See, that, that when we were talking weeks and weeks and weeks ago about our penalty saving record and it's it's no very good one of the things I was saying is Benji's too nice get in the boy's fist that's taking it you know what if he scores he scores you should be scoring penalties but you just never know you might just plant a seed of doubt in his head get in get right in his fist before he takes it tell him he's going to miss it huh? tell him you're going to save it huh? tell him you can while he's putting it scuff the penalty spot scuff his bits if you want just do whatever you do just anything to get a wee psychological edge mm. over the penalty taker. So that's all that the guy doing was was doing. Uh, and then he got a doing. And then he got a doing. So there was a lot of doings yesterday. A lot of doings. A lot of doings. So it goes to 2-0. And I think we were on easy street for there. Mm. Yeah, it was Because again, it was a little bit of a capitulation, especially the third goal. The boy back heals it and his left back is napeless to be seen. Mm. That was that was Muirhead that time, was it? Muirhead back heals it looking for the boy Henvy. Yeah. And... Uh, He's not there. <laughs> yeah. He is still... It was, Mc, it was a great touch from McMullen mm. uh, to lay it on Shanklin's plate and then obviously Nicky Clark in the right area at the right time as he invariably is. So what happens when he's playing left wing? He bangs a goal again. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he, he, he took it really well. Um, and then we start to see some... Uh, then we got a double substitution. Now... You get a better view of what's happening in the bench than I do, right? Because mm. I can't really see down. But I saw Mark Conley getting shit coming in. I thought, no, I'm not sure what's going on there. Mm. But then uh, him and uh, Reynolds and McMullen come off mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Conley comes on and Louis comes on as well. McMullen, 
in and out of the game. He's done his work. We're three 0 up. Yeah, you know what? He wasn't great, but he's he set up the first goal and he's had a hand in the third goal. Mm-hmm. He's a menace. He is. He's a wasp. Wasp. Pain he's in a the ass. Human wasp. Eh? Yeah. He likes them. Yeah. Loves a wedding. Loves a wedding. Um, and then Mark Reynolds comes off. Wasn't his best game in a distribution sense, all right? No, no. But defensively wise, sound. No n- n- complaints. No. But when he had the bat at his feet, I don't know if he was wearing bits on the wrong feet or if he was wearing clown shoes. I have no idea, but he, he couldn't have passed water yesterday. No. But he didn't have to because his job is essentially to keep a, a clean sheet. But the man beside him, uh, again, I want to mention him and I want to mention him only because the tweet of the year came in to us yesterday from at Alan Watson 81 whereby it said Paul Watson could shit himself in the middle of the night and still wake up with a clean sheet and he's spot on it's true know that Paul Watson shits himself during the night but that man is addicted to clean sheets these days so he is indeed <laughs> long may that continue yeah what about Mark Reynolds the coat thief what, what have you heard well, you might have said something on this podcast that might have made it into his uh, programme notes yesterday. That's very true. So I've been uh, banging the drum for banter purposes about the fact that, well, we've played X amount of games now and still no opposition player has scored against us. And then here I am this morning sitting reading through the, the wee man's programme and does Reynolds no quote that? Well, Big Benji's still no consider a goal for opposition players for eight games. Oh, wait a minute. You've stolen my line. And I was only joking about it. Because I'm assuming the Morton game was putting down as it wasn't across the line. Well, well, if it was, it was Liam Smith. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, so that would be two on goals. So he's he's stole your line. He yeah. has, but that's you know, all right. Because I could take him. Well, so. well, well, I know I'm going to see him. What I found really interesting is you go to the shop to buy your programme. It's, you didn't even get in the ground. Nah, it's because it's, it's Leo. <laughs> I'm not really interested in the programmes, if I'm being honest. I'll but support man, your club. I put a lot of money into that club whether it's over the counter in the shop over the counter in the heggy or through the turnstile or the pet shop I'm just short of my investment's just short of Ogrens okay <laughs> just 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 <laughs> so uh, then Mr Butcher gets himself booked mm. for a tackle I feel he didn't ha- even have to make yeah I don't think it was a bad tackle by the way it was but, silly uh, yeah stuffed yeah it was silly then Panic stations. Yes, yeah. because him, Reynolds and Shankland, all on four bookings. Yeah. And I think most people, including myself, thought oh, the fifth bookings a ban. Yeah. So as I was uh, waiting for the customary fish supper uh, last night, because that's what I do after a win, uh, wolf lad <laughs> for going to work, um, I was like, yeah, I think it's five. But then people had obviously had a bit more savvy about them and actually looked up the rules yeah. and it's actually six bookings and it doesn't get served for 14 days after the sixth booking yeah. Yeah. in that competition mm. yeah. so yes he is one away and that will happen so the good news is yeah well he's, the bad news is he's one away so he's no doubt he'll get suspended uh, sometime soon but the good news whenever is whenever the wife wants a holiday correct yeah the good news is he'll be available to kick Paul McMullen Paul McMullen. Paul, Paul McGowan, sorry. Paul I mean, McGowan. he might kick Paul McMullen. He, might, he probably doesn't have through him. Dig yes. up Paul McGowan. But he'll be available to kick him up and down the park. Yeah, yeah. There must be a sweepy on who he smashes within two minutes. Sorry, oh. tackles just... Probably internally in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's Butch going to nail the day, boys? <laughs> Paul McMullen, your favourite. Uh, so we're 3-0 up. Coasting, it's pretty nice. Ball drops. 
30 yards for goal, this long-haired, flowing-locked American born in Derby, strolls forward, everyone on the ground is thinking, hit it, mm-hmm. one man in the eddy is screaming, hit it, lover well, boy. You say you say screaming, it was mere a squeal. And so. then uh, he does, mm. we'll not talk about the left foot in the first half that cleared the shed, um, Lord. bottom corner, 4-0. How excited were you? Scale of one to ten. Taps off. <laughs> Taps in the half position. I, th- I think I might have got booked. I'm not sure. <laughs> Where was the bear this time? What bear? What, what bear? <laughs> Still no found him. <laughs> so we've said for age, and I think a lot of people have said that we don't take shots mm-hmm. fair outside the box enough. Hearts has done it a couple of times, scored a couple of goals. Yeah. Keep doing it. Yeah, it was a good strike. Uh, at the time, I thought it was a good strike. When I've watched it back, it's a great strike. Have you watched the bat when he's trying to find all his family? Well, <laughs> and he's looking up and they're no there. And then Paul Watson points yeah, at where they are. Yeah, he, Paul Watson pointed at me, okay, just to clear that up. Oh, he was sorry. waving out at me, but that's fine. But yeah, his family were there to see him. Uh, so it was fantastic for him. Mm. Fantastic for us. <laughs> and brilliant for me. <laughs> now, we haven't uh, we haven't done man the match, right, for a couple of weeks. And I keep getting a message every week from someone, Billy Hoon. Who says, name on the match this week? I says, you know, I've not really had to do it. Mm. Yesterday, and I've got an argument for who my pick is, right? After the game, well, I read out that Callum Butcher gets it for the sponsors. I'm like, well, he'd have been in my probably top three today. Yeah. He's done well. Um, when the full-time whistle goes, or when that gets announced, had you thought so-and-so was a standout? You decided who you thought, apart from who scored the fourth, but that's not the song. Um, would you have thought they'd probably be my man of the match or whatever? Yeah, well, I, I turned to my old man, uh, maybe about five minutes left, and said, I think so-and-so is man of the match today. Okay. And it wasn't a butcher. It was Sam Stanton. I thought Same Sam as Stanton, me. Yeah, I thought Sam Stanton was... And again, it wasn't, a, as you say, it wasn't a game where anybody particularly stood out, but also correct. But he scored one. He had a hand in uh, the Harks goal. I just, I just thought he, he a hand really in the well. Harks goal. Well, it's he a set brilliant up. interception. Yeah, yeah, he set up telescopic legs again on the tackle. Yeah, so for me, it was Sam Stanton. But you, you could. It was one of the games. You could make an argument for Butcher. You could make an argument for mm. Harks. He was pretty good. Liam Smith. He was good as well. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, th- I thought Sam Stanton was really good. Mm-hmm. The reason I've I brought this up, and I haven't picked this out of spite, which the guy who is I'm about to throw under the number 17 bus, uh, because I got a text just before halftime saying, I'm praying for Stanton at halftime. This is not working. And I said, behave. <laughs> and then Stanton scored, and I went, that's why. <laughs> okay. He's been poor, but a better team at Apare. And I said, but he's been really good. He says, he's no. He says, uh, he's, Butch is practically sitting on the centre half because we're accommodating Stanton. That's what Callum Butcher does, right? But I think, looking back, and I, I'm not a full paid-up member of the Sam Stanton fan club like my mate is and your dad, right? And but, Sue. But, and Sue, yeah. But I can appreciate, especially the last few weeks, I think he's been excellent. Mm. He's been asked to play wide left, come in the field. And for me, I thought he put in the performance yesterday, really energetic, scores the first, um, won the penalty, broke a leg for 30 seconds, and then puts in that tackle... So I just thought he'd done loads yesterday. I thought he was yeah. really... I thought Butcher at the minute's got slippers on at times, mm. you know. 
But I just thought Stanton... Yeah, he, he was in three of the decisive moments in the yeah, game then. I thought so. Yeah. yeah I thought not, it was really good. Yeah, for me, uh, I thought he was man of the match. I agree. Well done. Yes. And I will, they will remain nameless who they are. <laughs> but uh, he's been mentioned before. But there we go. <laughs> so, 4-0, over 7,500. I think 7,000 of them were at Hospital. That was noisy. That, that was brilliant. No, that's brilliant. Great. Yeah, it's great when you get certain <laughs> people, whomever they, they may be. I think some of them were the rock Arabs. I know uh, Eunice was up there. The Riki boys were up there as well, causing mayhem. Uh, but yeah, it was a great atmosphere. They were genuinely starting songs from the middle of the George Fox upper, mm. and the, the Eddie Thompson was following suit. It was, it was class. It was. Yeah. Uh, two clean sheets in a row. Three points, four goals, nine wins in a row, 13 clear at the top, 17 clear of them, 20 goals scored on this run, it's 22 for Shankland this season. Mm. Mark Kerr has a meltdown. It's no bad for the Friday, isn't it? It's, it's, it's good. I mean, this is what more can last for? What have we got? 28 goal difference as well mm. in the league. Halfway through the season, 13 points up on anybody else. This is wildest dream stuff I know it really is it was it was uh, enjoy it enjoy it I mean I, we don't have the well I certainly don't have it in front of me the last time United won nine in a row uh, must have been a number of years ago so this doesn't happen very often no. and even even now when we're in the we're in the midst of this nine in a row depending on who I speak to they're still thinking mm, that'll be this weekend that'll be a struggle we'll, we'll probably get a bit mm. I just I, I don't see it you know the best thing about it See, Friday night, it's a cup final for them up the road. Absolute cup final. Mm. Because they get to end, that they would get to their chance to end this run. Mm -hmm. So we can't make it 10. And the carrot that has been dangling is they can close the gap on us to 14 points. Yeah. Welcome your cup final, boys. Mm. Welcome. I know. And from judging on... The ticket sales from up the road as well. I don't think there's much of an appetite for it. I think I, they fear the worst. Yeah, I think I think the Jim McLean might be done mm. near enough. Yeah. But I am led to believe where I sit, sporadic was yeah. the word that was used yesterday. Yeah, and I think we've got two sections of the, the care. Yes, with one section totally sectioned off. Um, and we have to use those facilities, I believe, and they use the other one. But anyway, that's getting behind the scenes. But because yeah. I did wonder, because I woke up this and I go, what the f are you going to sit? But that's apparently what it is. But anyway, uh, this morning when I looked, there was like 10 tickets left. Yeah. So it's big fun. applause, yeah, it's, as always. It's fantastic. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely the, brilliant. The, the demands there if, if uh, the team are performing. People like going to see winning teams. Yes. It's just the way it is. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so, post-match in the Heggy. Talk to me, the busiest man in the Heggy. Post-match was good. I uh, went in there with the old man, uh, Tuhan Sue, yourself. You showed up for a wee while. Martin, he showed up for a wee while. And uh, the great Heggy bake-off champ, Jen, she was there with... Martin was there because he was on a Anthony. promise. He was getting a curry. He was on a promise. <laughs> and that's the sort of promise that Martin will insist gets kept. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. And I was I was speaking to a lot of, a lot of fellow mad Arabs as well uh, and I'll, I'll forget half your name so I do apologise but I was speaking to Neil Loudon who I know from years ago when I was in the BB not even sure if the BB is still a thing in this yeah, country it is, yeah. is it? right well I was in there with, with Neil uh, Stephen and Paul Sheehan I was saying a good blather with them 
Scott Foran, Fobo, he come over, I'm speaking to him again. His mate actually, and I'm not sure his name, uh, I'm pretty sure I heard somebody call him Fitzy. So Fitzy come up to me pre-match and said, when Fobo speaks to you after the game, tell him you're Swedish. And I've no idea what that was about at all. Did you forget to tell him you're Swedish? No, it was on my mind. I was thinking, right, okay, and I, and I saw Scott coming over to speak to us and I was like, right, I've got to tell him or convince him I'm Swedish. But he never asked, so I was like, oh, good in. I've not, I've not been able to enjoy the game. I've been focusing on this moment after then. He never even asked oh, if well. it was face talk home or nothing. Oh, well then. So I spoke to him uh, and Chris Hughes. I was speaking to Chris for a wee while and th- there were numerous others. There was one guy, actually, uh, never got his name. He was really drunk. I don't believe you. Honestly, after the game. Genuinely. Uh, and he come over and I can't, I'm not sure if you were there, but he, he come over anyway and he was like, what about that Ian Harks? He says, I've just seen his lass and his lass is beautiful, but I'd still hear him first. <laughs> and, then he, and then he kind of headed. No, I never, I never knew that. Yeah, no, you must have missed that then. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely missed so, that. So I've got competition. Oh, <laughs> I think you do. Yeah, no, nah, it, was, it, was, it was good fun. Uh, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Harks' family were over from America, so they're here to spend Christmas with... They're Bern, basically. Mm-hmm. So I bumped into his dad. You just casually bumped into just him? Just casually bumped into him. Yeah, I wasn't stalking him or anything, but uh, I kind of was. So they were hanging about the Jim McLean years exhibition. Yes. The whole Harks family and maybe a couple of friends or, or something, not sure. So I spot John. I'm like, right, I've got three pints in us, which is probably the equivalent of you, Hayne. 20 pints in you. I'm kind of feeling three. Three pints. I'm kind of feeling a wee bit of half pissed here. So I was feeling brave. I was like, John, any chance of a picture with you, mate? And he kind of, he looked so confused as if nobody's ever asked him for a picture before. And I'm thinking, good ain't John Harks played for America. Umpteen times you played at high level. Surely people have asked you for a photo before. So anyway, I was getting a bit, I was trying to get a picture with him and I was like, right, Leo, come on, in you come. Make sure this isn't awkward for anybody here. Get the burn in the photo. So I've got my phone out and I'm trying to get three of us in the shot and I'm struggling because I'm half pushed and I'm excited. And I hear an American voice saying, I'll take the picture for you. I was like, oh, it's cool. That's so I look, not a very convincing American no, voice. I, I, no, I, I heard the American voice. I'm not I, going to imitate the American voice. Why not? It's either going to be offensive or racist. So go on. I can't do it. I can't do it. My name's not Roy Chubby Brown. So uh, this, this voice that says, oh, I'll take the picture for you. I was like, oh, thank you very much. I look up and it's either Ian Hart's wearing a wig or it's his sister. And I was like, you hate to come in the 40 as well. Please come in the picture. <laughs> she was like, no, no, I, I don't know. No, no, it's fine. I was like, no, please. This will make my day. You've got to come in the picture. So she comes in the picture against her will, probably. But this big, tall galoot. We, too much beer in him was thinking, come on, get in the picture. So then my problem gets bigger. I'm like, I was struggling to get three people in this camera shot. How am I going to get four? Another American accent that I'm not going to try and imitate. I'll take the picture for you. It's like, oh, thank you. It was his mum. So Ian Harrick's mum took a photo of me with his old man and his sister and and Leo. Class. Absolute class. And oh. then it got even more embarrassing. So I'm heading down the stairs and I bump into Katie, where, Katie where we pal. What a way to meet the in-laws. I love this. It's class. So I'm heading down the stairs, or I thought I was heading down the stairs. And uh, I got stopped by Katie, speaking to her, gave her a wee hug. And her mum was there as well, Suze. So as I'm waiting on the landing, 
does Ian Harks know come down the stairs? And Suze grabs both of them and says, oh, Ian, you'll have to get a picture with him. He absolutely loves you. So I was like, I turn around and there's Harks looking unbelievably sheepish, thinking, oh, no, I've managed to avoid this big guy for the whole season so far. Oh, no, and now the I'm nightmare is true. <laughs> now I'm trapped. So again, I had to drag Leo. I was like, Leo, get in the picture, please. This, this is tad embarrassing. That's weird, because the photo you've showed me, he's cut out. <laughs> I kind of kicked him down the stairs. I kicked him down the stairs. So... So yeah, so I got my my, my dream picture. We so, we missed our hearts. So it wasn't embarrassing at all. Um, that is why you had a right smile and a beamer, mentor, whatever you want to call it, on your face when I, you came back in. I couldn't uh, couldn't wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> couldn't I? Not even going to joke about it. No, no, no. You couldn't. Have. You know, it's. Uh, I mean. Did he dedicate the goal to you or nothing? Well, he, he, as I say, he waved over and that's people, people will be thinking it's for the family. It wasn't. That's, uh, it was for me and, me and Leo. That's enough. So, uh, and then you went home, had a donut kebab and, you know, was so happy just, going to your bed. Yeah, just so I was just thinking back to that time on that landing where I got a picture with him. Great. And you're going to replace the the wedding photo, you and the wife, with that photo. I imagine that's happening. It, it's happened. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's already on a canvas. And I'm getting wallpaper printed with the image uh, as we speak. Actually, I've got to collect it tomorrow morning. <laughs> what a Christmas, eh? The best ever. What a Christmas. Didn't even need to unwrap it. He just appeared. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I know. I know. Are you still washing his hair? Or? Now and again. <laughs> So there you go. If you've seen Paul after the game with a wry smile on his face, or a uh, steady, steady <laughs> go hang on his uh, in his mouth, that's <laughs> that's what it was. And yeah, you can make up the rest. Um, so there, there, we, we will move on from this. Uh, a few bits to tell you about the club, uh, the stuff that have been on and going on, and then we'll get on to the reserves loan report and all that stuff, and then we will get our special guest on as well. So. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday. Thank you very much to everyone who donated to the food bank co- uh, collection on Saturday. Uh, it's a, a time for plenty for most the festive season, but it, it can be a real difficult period for people in our community who uh, food bo- food banks are a last resort. So in previous years, the campaign was carried out by the club, the community trust, Dundee Food Bank, taught by Mohammed, uh, Arab Trust, ULT83, and some of the pubs in the vicinity of Tandish. If you donated anything yesterday, uh, thank you very, very much for, for doing that. It's a, it's a small price that some people are lucky enough they can uh, do that and donate, and it helps loads and loads of people over the next week or so when it can be really, really tough. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Over 100 people will come together at Tandice, the Christmas dinner for the Dundee United Community Trust, the Festive Friends Yuletide event, Mr. Yeah, McNichol. It's, uh, it's going to be busy. Uh, yeah, there's. I think I was speaking to Michael Malone yesterday about it. He said that we're at 117. So yeah, I'm going to be run off my feet. But that's that's not a problem. Quite happy to be run off my feet uh, to give these guys a special day. You know, get them out of the house, get them out wherever they are. And... Uh, 
just give a wee bit of Christmas cheer to them. Yeah, and the the community trust have been uh, spoke to like Paul says over a hundred guests uh, that have registered interest. Um, but if you know anyone who may benefit from some company and support on Christmas Day, do get in touch with the community trust Facebook or Twitter at Dundee United CT for that. It's all going ahead thanks to funding from the SPFL Trust and a fantastic fundraising campaign from the team DUCT Kilt Walkers mm-hmm. over ten thousand pound raise for the event it'll be full of entertainment food gifts and cheer and the community trust to hope to give all guests an amazing christmas experience which is brilliant absolutely brilliant it's a great thing to be a part of and the community trust by the way they launched their brand new girls football academy this week everyone at the community trust dundee and us here on the podcast would like to welcome all the players to the academy wish them every single success you can get more details on that as well if you've got uh, a girl, first and foremost, mm-hmm. wants to join the academy. Prerequisite. Uh, mm-hmm. To speak to the community trust, dundeeunitedct.co.uk. Done. Perfect. Okay. Uh, there's n- there's not really much to report on the reserves because the game last week was called off. Uh, and once again, according to my internal sources at Tanadice, they are due to play hearts at the Orium or as this on Monday, the day this podcast comes out, but uh, I would check the website for that one. The academy team last Tuesday, the under 18s were knocked out of the youth cup 4 2 by St. Johnston. Our goals were scored by Dan Watson, uh, who's a 16 year old, and Archie Mikason. But you could tell from coach Adam Asgar's post match comments that he wasn't very happy about certain aspects of the performance. Uh, I, the team apparently played quite well, some nice football, but ultimately, if you concede four goals in a game of football, you're probably going to lose more than you want. Did he use Arthur Daly go on? Not in the not in the video. No, <laughs> that was only yesterday. That'll be you, Banthe <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Friday, the boys were back in league action, where they were looking to get back to winning ways after losing three on the bounce. Uh, they were away to Motherwell and managed to get back on track as they won two-one with goals from Lewis Fraser and Dan Watson again. Motherwell's goal came courtesy of a retaken penalty. Their first effort was saved by United keeper Fraser Curid, but the ba- the bandit in the black uh, <laughs> called for it to be retaken, and the second one was scored. Bloody refs. Yep, I knew that was coming. Bloody refs. <laughs> uh, their next game is at home to Aberdeen on January the 17th, so they can all kick back for a wee bit, you know, take a couple of weeks off and fill their faces with Quality Street. Uh, if Coach Asgar is allowing that and if he's no sneak some Uh, also the last thing on the academy the November's John Clark Motors Academy Player of the Month has went to Lewis Nielsen Lewis is centre half and the club have high hopes for that lad The Loan Report Declan Glass was recalled to the starting lineup as he helped Cove Rangers to a 3-1 win over Queen's Park through at Hamden Massive crowd of 478 was in attendance to see Declan play the full 90 minutes and to help his team to a big three points as they stay on course for back-to-back promotions. Osman So had to make do with a seat on the bench as Kilmarnock were beaten 1-0 at home to Motherwell. Uh, and I'm guessing he's going to end up back at Tanadice in January because there's a wee bit of turmoil behind the scenes at Killy just now. Well, you're on a bit. It's called like Rosie doing there. Mm, paper Rosie. <laughs> Uh, Jake Davidson once again played full 90 minutes at right back as Spartans beat Gala Feridine Rovers 4-0 at Ainsley Park another belter of a name for that league uh-huh. it's 
Probably the best league in the country for cracking names, teams. I'm loving it. Uh, Josh Donaldson, he managed to not put a foot wrong or concede a goal yesterday as the match between Berwick Rangers and Civil Service Strollers was postponed. The match down at Shieldfield Park was called off due to a waterlogged pitch. And finally, it's not really the loan report, but I'm kind of missing our search for Alison Jones. So if he's not going to get his sell in the first team, I hope we'll loan him out again in January. But hopefully to a team that actually post updates about what they're up to. So when call off the search, it's just a case of a couple of clicks on a phone, boom, we can't exactly where Alisan is. That's it. That's, so that, that's your loan report. That's your up to date. Done. Okay. Um, our special guest this week uh, is a man who was uh, has been in his post uh, just short of a year. Uh, we have been at him constantly to come on and uh, chat with us. Uh, and he finally gave in to me for about the 20th time for asking if you would like to come on and sit down and, and talk to us. And we're delighted that on uh, Wednesday night we managed to get that. Um, and luckily, when there was the odd mention of the air game, it's all went okay. So that's all right. Uh, so our guest this week on the Dode Fox podcast is Dundee United Sporting Director, Tony Asgar. It's about a year now since uh, the takeover of the club. Funnily enough, we actually have just realised that today is the, the year anniversary <laughs> when my father Mark Organ first signed off that he's now the majority shareholder of the club. So both Mal and I and Derek Bond and, and Robbie spoke about it. So you've came at exactly the right time for us to maybe have a review of what we're doing and what we're going to do f- further on. Yeah, no, definitely. Sounds sounds good to us. Uh, for yourself as well. I mean, it's near enough a year you've been in the post as well as the sporting director. Um what was kind of the diff- what was kind of your role then for people that maybe read about it then for getting yourself to where you are now in terms of the club? So, I mean, I think it's it's been documented um, probably about a year prior to Mark taking the club. Um, Mark uh, Stephen Thompson and Mike Martin had approached uh, my company to try and find uh, an investor for the club, and everyone knew that financially the club was was. Uh, a bit strained um, while Stephen and Mike Martin uh, and the rest of the board had you know they they wanted to take the club in a different direction um, but as, as as times drew and we'd, we'd spoken to a number of of people who were interested the reality was that um, we needed somebody that's going to come into the club or Mike and Stephen wanted somebody that's going to be a custodian um, and obviously has the financial benefits to take the club on so a long I mean it was a long process a real long process to get where we are a change in in the the chairman during that um some other shareholders like Jimmy Fife is now on the board coming on board so um when we got to the the actual um taking over the club you know it was it was after a lot of work a lot of sales on, on the club you listen and the people listening to this are all the United supporters and you know it's dead easy for People say, why is nobody buying my club? Because the club is, uh, what a fantastic history we've got, what a fantastic stadium, what a fantastic support, and it, which is great. They're all they're all um, great things to sell, but other people also want to see that there's an ability to, to make the club successful, get get a profitability. So that was a major part of our sales process to talk about how this club had developed players, how we'd um, got to cup finals, how we'd got to European competitions, and where we think we could put a plan together and and make that a, a, not just a dream, but just 
where we were before. So um, during that process, Mark Ogren, Scott Ogren were working with my company on trying to find a, another club abroad. Um, and both myself and Derek Bond had pushed the idea of United because um, we believed in it. I think I mean, if you're selling something, whether it's a player, whether it's a, your house, and if you believe in that that product, you know, and, and we did. And genuinely, you know, people will say, oh, you're an agent, want to make money or whatever. But the reality is we believe that this is somewhere, you know, people talk about sleeping giants, you know, this is. You're actually picking up a club at a time when it's really in its lowest ebb. The only one way it can go. You know you've got a, a, an infrastructure. If you put it together, you can make it successful, get the right people in. So the Ogrens bought into that. They, um, they did a lot of due diligence um, and they asked me to put forward a performance plan and a business plan in relation to where the club can be over the next three to five years, which we did. The deal was done. Um, again, it had a few, you know, uh, few chapters within it like a mini series that went up and down and um you know again thanks to the current board members Jimmy Fife and David Dorward they they had they had helped that as well in the process. Um so we got a deal done and Mark says look I'm only doing the deal if if you come in and, and take the job as sporting director you've put it together in the plans. So I had to make a decision um to sort of pull away from the rest of my business. Uh, but you know, I, I do believe in the project. I know it's dead easy to say, and I know people can say, "Oh," but the reality is, I do. And I, and I think having Robbie in post was a major part of that. Speaking to the people, seeing the passion, the support, even the negativity. If you've got negativity and passion, you know you're going to have positivity when things are going well. So, yeah, I know the academy was was was, you know, under Brian Grant, there was players there even under real intense circumstances where he had, he had nothing. So. I thought, yeah, listen, I want to 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 put what I've written on paper and in it practice. Uh, and a year on, we're here again. Probably got a wife that's not seen me even less now. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I, I'm delighted. I'm really glad where we are in a year. And, and again, myself, Mal, Derek, Robbie, um, Andy Goldie, Brian Grant, Dave Bowman, we're all in a meeting today where we discussed, you know, almost reviewed the year. And sometimes you don't take a bit of stock of where you've came from, you know, because it's happened so fast. So even the, the people that work here, the Paul Reeds, the Joe Rices, the Dean Milnes, I've been at the club for a long time. Things have moved like a, a real break next, next speed. So now I think over this Christmas period especially, we'll, we'll take a bit more reflection and really look at how much we've changed things. Mm. Some for the good, some not so good. Um, and then where we can go over the next two or three years you look at your list as well Tony you've been a footballer a policeman a tour operator an agent consultant master student how do you blend all that to be sporting director then do you know honestly it's funny I was out I was out with my with Adam who's, who's just got engaged and is in the future in-laws the other night and and, uh, and I had a few drinks in me and honestly, I love talking about myself, so I'm glad you've got me on. <laughs> and, and all and Adam said, oh, you, you talked everything. You embarrassed me in front of my future in-laws. Tell me your life story of all these <laughs> things you've said. I mean, the first thing you said was a footballer. I mean, that's, a, that's like me saying Big Paul was a footballer. And, and, and the, <laughs> big, the big man spoke about how he was never a player. I'm never a player. It's, it's, no, neither was I. I don't worry. You know, with, with ar archives, you can nobody can look by 30 years, so you can say you're anything you want. Um, the reality was I wasn't a good... I, I listen. As a young player, I tried and it, like everyone, we didn't get there. But yeah, look, all, all these things were sort of led me to where I wanted to be. I, I've always been involved in professional football. 
at various levels, even though I was in the police. Um, you missed out a couple. I was, I was a private investigator for a year, but I can tell you that in another day. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, that's always been my, my passion. It's always been my ambition. I think, um, you know, leading teams and, and being part of something, no matter as an agent, I think, you know, people love, there's a lot of agents out there. I've, I've got a real, I think agents are a good thing. Um, but having, having worked with a few now, there are a few that I was just, I don't know why I was in that. What kind of agent were you? Not a good one. <laughs> I, I've said that a few times because I really, I put, I put the needs of the player first, which is what everyone expects to happen. And you go to a lawyer and you expect them to do the best for you. You go to an agent, sometimes agents are going to get the benefit mm. for themselves. So move a player very quickly. Um, rather than let him stay at the club for three years. And I take it that benefits the club right now because you've come from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think that's a, a definitely when, when, when agents are speaking to me, they know that my background, they, they know my network, they know that I know people, they can't, they can't bullshit, um, a bullshitter. So it's, um, yeah, it's been advantageous. I think the, the, the only challenge has been that people, when, when something like that comes in, it's a dirty word. I mean, I thought after 20 years in the police force getting abuse, I thought I could handle it. And then suddenly I'm an agent and you get double the yeah. abuse. Um, but look, there are good ones. And, and, and I think every player needs representation. And, you know, if, <laughs> I won't use the D-United as an example of 10-year contracts, but those days are gone. So so players have to look after themselves. <laughs> we set the benchmark with that one, didn't we? Yes, 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 <laughs> indeed. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, But ultimately now, you know, players, we, we want to try and make sure that players, agents are all looked after and, and making sure they make the right decisions, but ultimately the best decisions for this club. Yeah. And that's it. That, that's the big thing for it. I mean, me and Paul have said it several times, more than that, that given what now, when you're on about the review, never mind when you guys come in, but where we were four years ago, I just mentioned I'm coming up for eight years. I think it is, as the, uh, the announcer. So that's been a real different eight years. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Paul could speak all day about it, but how kind of different now do you find from even now, the, that first month or two, but given in mind, you coming in January officially, yeah. and then we had a transfer window that was bonkers. Right. Yeah. We'd never seen anything like it. 11 signings, 11 four players, or five yeah. on deadline day. Yeah, so I, I mean, <laughs> you're right, it was bonkers. I mean, to be honest, um, looking back and reflecting back now, we had a, a job to try and get the club promoted. Um, we'd reviewed a lot of the playing staff and, and it, not not just for the, you know, people can say, oh, the players weren't good enough. When, you, when you're at a club that isn't, you know, within the club that's just not got the right environment for working in, sometimes it's not the players' fault. These players might go to another club and, and, and excel. Um, so we had to just remove or, or move players on because we were going to come with a new way of thinking and we wanted to bring our players in and set, set the, the, the slate clean. And Robbie had his ideas and, and we had our ideas and we did a lot of work, even though it sounded as if it was quite, you know, it was carried out quite quickly. We, we, you know, Robbie and I had spoken a, f- a few times and um, we, we wanted a certain type of player and a, a type of player that's going to come in with a mental attitude and a mental strength, ones that had uh, maybe been around the course a wee bit. The difficulty is that players with all due respect, don't want to come play in the Scottish Championship. They don't want to be a club that has had been in the media. And if you really, if you look back and Google, and that's another thing about selling the club, when you looked at the media every week, there was something wrong, whether it's, I mean, there was stuff about um, 
John Stewart are not playing in the right position. I don't even remember that one. Oh, mm-hmm. we, oh, we remember. Yeah, so, so, we started it, did we not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Privately, of course. And, and, yeah. And, you know, I think there was a lot of negativity. So when players are saying, well, why am I going to go there? So um, we weren't going to say, let's we'll open checkbook to give them good money. We're going to say, we want you to come here because we want you to be part of a long-term strategy. We want, want you to buy into what you're doing. And also we wanted a core of uh, good experienced professionals good pros because we knew that we we're going to look for young players to come into the club and we needed that those players the butchers the Connollys, or reynolds to be good types that we know what young players could could aspire to so th- those they were no brainers then we had to look at more exciting players that maybe um hadn't excelled because of injury or other things and wanted a, a breakout so osmond so peter pollock these guys who are who had been around the block and were good quality players so decisions had to be made relatively quickly but we, we, we made them we didn't make them just off the top of our heads um when did these when did the lists start getting drawn up then i mean i think the reality is for, for us as, as the club was going you know I, and again um mike came in and, and, and put together with shaba a list in the summer where they'd brought in quite a, a lot of players mm-hmm. and there was a lot of players coming at that time um, for us, you know, we were talking round about November, December, when we thought that, that the deal was was getting done, almost like a a side project, mm. not knowing that, that I was going to be coming as sporting director. But we do our work. Did you guys get any say? And I say you guys, like yourself, uh, Mister Ogren, and that. Did you get any say in the appointment of Robbie then, or was that purely on no, uh, Mike Martin's watch? Uh, well, Mike, Mike, to be fair, Mike's going to take credit for bringing bringing okay. Robbie in, and. Uh, we made a good decision. I mm-hmm. think ultimately, if, if if I would have been in that position, or if Mark Ogden had been in, he would definitely have been in number one of a, a shortlist of one, just because of his background, what he'd done previously in the championship, his age, the, the type of person he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that worked out well for us. Um, and again, I, th- I think you know everyone seems to talk a bit negatively of the previous people, and you know it's difficult. When, when people have lived in it but for me you know I, I know they definitely had the club at heart I know they wanted the club to do well I think they were they were limited in relation to, in, to finances limited in relation to getting themselves out of my once you're in it really difficult to get out um, so yeah we, we, we had that We'd, Robbie and I had spoken where we wanted to strengthen um, although you know last day of a transfer window is can, can easily you know it worked out quite well for us I think I think, I think we did okay and you know, our, our short-term strategy again promoted there. We had to hit the ground running. And I think, you know, looking at results and the way things went then, we had, we had ups and downs, you know. We had, we had a set in a bed and in period. We suddenly did well. Then we, we lost games. You're saying, geez, why did we lose those games? Um, and then, but we eventually got ourselves to the playoffs, which mm-hmm. was fantastic, you know. We, we had a good, I think the defining moment for me in that, that period was probably the Scottish Cup game against St Mirren. I think we, we got ourselves into a position against a Premiership club and we had a real good performance. Um, it was a great day. Great day. For, out from a fan's, fans point of fan, view. Well, well, to be honest, that, that was probably for me, you know, when we saw the fans at their mm. best and uh, we said, I tell you what, there's something, there's something here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, that that got us from, the, from that transfer window. Again, just trying to manage players that were coming in. Maybe it's not... Slight injury history and getting them up to speed because you know Conley, Pollock, so they hadn't played a lot of games. Reynolds were just back from injury. Nesbitt, Nesbitt. We were asking, yeah. we were asking a lot of these players. Um, I don't, th- I'd, you know, reflecting back, would we do anything differently? No, I don't think we would. I think we would. In order to do that, we had to almost run two tram lines, and that's one of short term 
but also keep the long term one going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I, th- I think it was tough going. Listen, right away as well from a PR perspective, the fans bought into it, so they all thought brilliant that there's change happening. Um, although Mr. Ogden, when he came back, asked me how much we'd spent, and I think it was a wee bit more than I thought we would, but we um, we got ourselves into a good position, and really at the end of the day, I, I feel that probably it was in our hands, really, and that's the reality. Mm. Yeah, well, it was a f- frustrating at the end, but you, you know, we had to give it as good a go as we could, and when January stuff was happening, I was like, this is mental. Yeah. Like it was, and then when we start again, and we always had ups and downs, but even like the Inverness game here, we probably should have won in the Absolutely. cup. Absolutely. But just these wee yeah. things that were, it was so psyched up for it. I remember the playoff when we played here. Missed Butcher that game, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. When we played here against Inverness, it was one of the best atmospheres we'd had in years, yeah. in my, from my perspective the, of the job. In the playoff? Yeah. Yeah. It was tremendous. The fans are just, they were just craving something positive, you know, after yeah. the last so many years, uh, just disappointment after disappointment. Well, I think, yeah, listen, and I, and I get that, and I, and I think, I think during that, if we call it the six month period for January, fifth, five month period to May, we, um, there was a lot going on, you know, there was a lot of changes happening at the same time. We're trying to put a football, a, a, you know, a, a team on the pitch that's going to work well. Robbie's changing his background staff. We've got, you know, just loads of changes within Tanadice. And, you know, the people here, and I've got to put my hats off to them because, you know, I, and <laughs> people tell you, I'm not the easiest guy to work with because I, I, I do put a lot of demands. I'm a bit of a shouter. Um, but I think, I think they all appreciate that, that, you know, we're only doing it for the best because people don't like change. Um, and sometimes you have to come in with a sledgehammer, first of all, and then you start using a scalpel. So, you know, right now, we come in that time, sledgehammer is what we're doing. Um, and again, as I say, right to the last last hurdle, with going to penalties, not getting through, perhaps now was probably the best thing. And, you know, if I really re- reflect personally, I think we're probably in a better position to reset whilst within this division. Uh, build more on the academy players, on the young players, allow Robbie to, to put his philosophy in from the start, um, from pre-season, which he did. Um, and, and I feel, you know, if, if we were taking a six-month period from now, sorry, from the summer there to here, and that six-month period, if you like, then, you know, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had, a, we had a, I think we had a successful initial first five months without getting to where we need needed to um, but now I feel as if we're in a, a real better position mm. with, with more long term thinking you're saying things like for changing stuff which is so true because I remember seeing on social media like when Lee McCulloch comes in and people are like what's Lee McCulloch doing here but it's yeah. like well that, it's a positive thing and now he's obviously he was striker's coach but now he's assistant yeah. coach and then gone come out of absolute left field but it now has had the bearing in period and we're now getting the rewards yeah I, and again you know the, the Change just wasn't within the people that had been here previously. You know, R- Robbie and I had never worked together, and we didn't really know each other that well. Um, we we did talk long and hard about setting up the the staff at the the, the high performance centre, or changing them even to high performance centre to give us a a culture and an identity of what we're trying to achieve. Um, but but bringing in people we hadn't worked with before was a really masterstroke because now I think Gordon and now Lee McCulloch in particular as his two assistants give him something different, they challenge him, they're not, he's never worked with them, it's dead easy in football, and I've worked with a lot of managers, a lot of managers, at various guises, 
And it's always, you know, I used to go pre-season tours and you'd be with one team in Austria and pre-season, they'd be sacked by October. Then you next year you'd be with a totally different team. It'd be the same staff that turned up but with a different team. Mm. So, you know, here we wanted to change it. We wanted to give everyone a, you know, try and make it a wee bit slightly different, different ideas. And, you know, Gordon Forrest, again, coming from Vancouver Whitecaps, ex-New Zealand, New Zealand national team or working through there was totally different. Um, really about his technical coaching methods. Lee McCulloch who'd had a chance at uh, in management Kelly. with Kilmarnock yeah. probably the wrong timing um, for him. Came out, went to Poland as an assistant manager, came out, had done his master's degree, but wanted to come and learn the game and get back what he probably should have done, he'll admit that, come back to, to learning again, which he's come in and, and to be honest, it's, it's been brilliant for us because guys like Louis Perry, Nicky Clark have suddenly came to the fore because mm. of having a, almost a, a, a personal striking coach. Mm. Well, Sofranco was quite uh, complimentary towards the end of last yeah. season about uh, McCulloch as well. I think that's, uh, yeah, and, and Pav, listen, Pav was, a, was, was fantastic and, you know, he got on the back of a Slovakian national team cap on it as well, you know, so that's what I keep saying. Sometimes we, we look back and we, we don't ever, we don't smell the roses when things are going well. Um, so yeah, our, our staff and, and our structure was was key and, and that change even up there, you know, it's quite demanding. It's quite demanding and players seeing a lot of change. Um, and you know, we've, <laughs> this year we've added, I mean, I was, I was trying to look at how many bottles of wine I'm going to buy for the staff for Christmas and I got to about 10 I thought nah that's it because I think I've got another 10 to go so I just wiped that idea off <laughs> just tell Sean he's not getting his wage this week you'll be alright absolutely yeah and you mentioned there the high performance centre and, and the structure of the staff so if people don't know what kind of setups over there now? So you've under Robbie and everything sports science and whatever so yeah, what so, does the high performance centre so, bring? Yeah, so so when we first came, um, obviously University of St Andrews is one of the best facilities. I'd, I'd utilised it a lot for professional teams um, from the top league and, and Premier Premier League, bringing them on pre-season. So everyone wanted to come to University of St Andrews. So we knew the pitches and everything was great. When we arrived there, and again, I think it had been a bit fraught between the club and University of St Andrews. So Robbie had, had sort of uh, created a better uh, relationship with them. Um and what we thought was we've got we've got one of the best gymnasiums there. You know, it's, they, they spent a lot of money. The pitches are first class. So we decided to. I think Alan Gartshore. I don't know if he's part of the university staff, but he was strength and conditioning. So we we engaged him more to utilise us with uh, strength and conditioning because we utilise their gym. Um, we brought in a head of sports science, which was Gary Dempsey. Gary again, none of us had worked with him before. Came from rugby. Um, we got recommended through the, the Scottish National Performance Centre at the Orium. Um, and we thought we want somebody that's a wee bit different. We want him to come with new ideas. And, he, you know, he, he's a, he's a well-built guy. And so that was part of our, our thought process. We wanted to try and get our young players more more physicality. And he's done that. You know, I, I, you know, we look at all the, the data analysis that he, he provides in relation to how far the players run, how, how far they've they've done the training. Um, so... You know, that part is really important, which they really, they really, we didn't really have a lot last season. Um, then we brought in, oh, Marson uh, was there as head of medical and he was he brought with Jeff Clark. And um, we brought in another physio, Jordan Cleland, um, who 
because now, because now up there we, we took the under 18s up there as well so we've got under 18s we've got effectively a, a development squad which is about five or six players then the first team squad so we needed more more medical care and you know a lot of players were getting injured they probably weren't getting the care and the time and the rehab because when you when a player gets injured it's not just about treating them it's about how do we rehab them so Marson's time is always about looking at players not getting a chance to rehab. So we, we, we looked at that intensely and, and, and we've got a better structure of getting players back. And like some Mark Conley, who was out for a bit longer, now he's, he's come back stronger. So um, medical sports science and uh, performance analysis, we brought Stevie Grieve, who again, you know, Stevie Grieve was a, 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 a guy who'd worked in India, he'd worked in Canada. Um, and he's just one of these, uh, and he wouldn't, wouldn't mind me saying, t- football geeks that uses analysis yeah. mm-hmm. and some of the stuff he, he provides for us, both on opposition and recruitment analysis is unbelievable. And, and the way things go now, we need to utilize these, these things. How does somebody like Steve uh, come on your radar then? Is just in football and circles, you're just aware of him. Yeah. I, I think net, networking's key. And I think, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's again, a strength of mine and the people I work with is, is our network's key. Been in the business a long time, getting to know these people, um, with with Steve in particular, it was Robbie that, that identified them and uh, had done some work prior to the playoffs. He'd utilised us, mm-hmm. and then we thought, right, we're going to bring him over. And to be fair, Stevie jumped at the chance, and you know he's got a house down in uh, in Stour, and uh, you know he's he's settled here. But you know we we definitely see going forward, you know data analysis is a big thing f- for me. We want to utilise it. Um, partnerships with other universities. So we've created partnerships with Aberté, with Dundee University, with uh, the Orium, uh, Harriet Watt, and uh, Manchester Metropolitan University are going to do some recruitment research for us. So long-term research data is something that we want to use. I mean, it sounds a bit cliched, but we, we want to be Dundee United quite innovative in the way we are in Scottish football. We want to be different. And you said, I mean, a few months ago as well, we were on about sort of partnerships with clubs and stuff. Is that just to get more knowledge, understanding and possibly a link up with players type thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I said it when we first came in about links up with Boca. That, that's that's not changed. The, the, we were ready to do a trip there um, at the end of last season with the playoffs that curbed that to take coach staff out, to take Andy Goldie as academy director out there, share knowledge. Partnerships with clubs aren't just about the, the passing of players. And I think I said that the question and answer mm. you guys were at. It's all, also about sharing the knowledge, understanding how they go about certain things, how they deal with certain medical injuries. There's a lot of knowledge sharing. Where we see it as a club and we're, you know, part of our plan and performance plan. Um will be that it won't just be, be clubs like that. We're looking at clubs all over. I mean, Aberdeen have clearly done a, a deal with um, the Atlanta United, probably one of the most effective um, MLS clubs, which I think is fantastic. I think these sort of the things that clubs now need to do rather than stand alone is is to knowledge, share, share players to go over there. And, you know, we want to loan, a, if we have a partnership with a club in Croatia, for example, look at their players, send our young players over to play, get experience. There's real benefits of it. Um, and I think it's just it's hard to explain to, to certain supporters what that's what that looks like. Apart from the thing, oh, you're just going to take five Boca Juniors player and put them in the first team. <laughs> Carlos Tevez is going to come for <laughs> come and going to stay down the ferry. I'm not, I'm not sure we could do that. He might. <laughs> he might yeah. It's a bonny part of the world. How am I meant to pay him on Shanklin's wages? Come on, just astronomical. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you mentioned there about Andy Goldie. He's obviously been on yeah. and shared his vision and 
told us what elite level status really does because we didn't have a clue. And he mentioned, obviously, your son Adam was yeah. appointed and a lot of people at the time thought he's just getting his son in. But Andy was very like, no, I had to convince you yeah. to, for the appointment. Was it purely because he was your son and nothing to do with his background and his coaching but, ability, which Andy was very complimentary about? Yeah, look, I, th- I think ultimately you know, football is very much... Uh, a game of nepotism, you know, no matter where it is, whether it's family, whether it's people you've worked with before, you know, part of my plan was to bring Andy Goldie in. Um, Andy is a, a guy who had done a lot of work in the SFA and to get Project Elite status, we need somebody that knew the intricacies of what's required. He'd also developed a lot of young players through the performance skills, but he's an intense guy. You know, he's he's not the type of guy that's everyone's friend. He's, you know, he, he can easily rub people up the wrong way. And I'm, listen, I'll say it publicly, he knows, he knows, because that's the reason why I, I, I wanted him in. Good, that's noted. And he's, um, <laughs> you know, wasn't it just me and you that he pissed <laughs> off um, but, but what he is, is he's driven, you know, mm. and I set the challenge to get up, to get this up and running. Uh, and I didn't think he would do it, to be fair, but he's done it. And hats off to him and hats off to his staff. And, and part of the, the thing he said to me that he wanted to bring Adam in because he'd worked with him at, at Braidhurst High. And Adam also had been work, was working at Motherwell at the time with the under-16s, actually, with, with Lee Miller, who's now Falkirk manager, and before that, Stephen McManus. So, yeah, the question did come to me, and, and obviously I, I knew the, the repercussions. One, there's only room for one Ashgard United. That was the first thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, look, the, the, this thing for me, you know, I, I, I spoke to Mark Og and I spoke to Mal, spoke to Robbie. Um, but all of them, if he's the right man for the job and Andy believes in it, then mm-hmm. let him go. You know, as a young player going through the, the ranks, I think it, he's 25 now. He's been through the process where he never made it, where he played for various clubs. I think he's he played for about, he's been at a bit trial about 25 clubs. And he came to a time where he said, Dad, this is this isn't happening. And to be honest, I like the coach. And he went to the States. He worked over in the States for a while and then came back over to Motherwell, done all his badges and got his A license when he was I think he just finished at 23 or 24. So he's dedicated. Um but he gets certainly no extra help for me. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm as, like I was as a as a parent on the side watching him every week. I'm the same way. But look, I, I think he's, to be fair to him, and uh, I wouldn't say this to him in his face, but he's done a good job. And the 18s just now are, you know, we could beat yesterday again, but the actual football and the players were developing, you know, Robbie's happy with him. And actually, Robbie ended up taking, you know, he, goes, he works up there with Dave Bowman, which again strikes a good balance for us. Um, I also wanted to make sure, you know, that, I mean, Adam's under 18 coach from the academy, but he works up at the High Performance Centre. But Dave Bowman and Brian Grant, who'd been here before, sort of are the experienced, the, vic- the, you know, the giant victor of the club. It's uh, one way of putting it. And, 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 and <laughs> the best way. And, and Bo and Adam have a great old school. I, I, I always don't like saying Bo does old school because he's, he's more than that. Absolutely more than that. And, um, but they have a very good balance and, and Bo, Adam's almost a new kid in the block, new way of, of doing things and Bo continues with the way how he feels a, a first team player should look so the, the, the balance has actually worked very well. Yeah, well, so, I mean our, our memories of Dave Bowman are he's not as the coach, uh, it's very much of the one taking names on pitches. Yeah, he's from a different <laughs> era completely. And you know, that that's, listen, we talk about millennials and we talk about Generation X, you know, <laughs> I come from a, a turn 51 on Friday, so 
I, I come from that era as well. Um, but what we have to have a bit of a balance now to get the most effective way of getting the best performance mm-hmm. for these young elite professionals as they are now. Um, but Bo and Granty in, in particular, actually, when you talk about staff, was when we first came in, and actually this office you're in just now, um, both of them were sitting in it. There was two desks. You know, Granty had been holding the academy together. I mean, I, I can't tell well, you. Andy Goldie said that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and, and we spoke, and we spent about two hours here, and he got everything off his chest about how the frustrations he had. Um, but his main passion was that he felt, I've got all these young players, I can't get them in the first team. And I, you know, I, again, I can't talk about the other managers that have been at the club, but he says, you know, I, I've been here when we've had the, the Golds and the Suitors, um, the Armstrongs, the Johnny Russells. He says, and I said, well, we've got the manager. The manager's going to do that. So, but what I think is we've got a big void and when they come out of the academy and turn up at, we're losing a lot of players. We're losing. I know Scott Fraser played a lot of games. Kieran Freeman, Ali Coote, we've, we've lost a lot. And, that, you know, he said, I want to uh, make a difference. So we we put in the structure anyway. We're going to have somebody that's going to almost be the player pathway, the transition between an academy player getting into the first team. Needs this mentorship, needs this issue. So if, for example, um, players have made a debut in the first team, then they come out of the team. You know, we need somebody there talking to them, explaining them technically what they need to do better, what they need to do tactically. Um, and his role has now became really, I think, for me personally, in the whole great scheme of the football club, probably the most important in relation to us making sure we don't lose people out the door um, without giving them the best opportunity. We signed 12 new young players, uh, 13 new academy graduates, and now recently we've, we've made extra contracts. And probably yesterday, or the day before, or last week, sorry, when we signed Nathan Cooney, Lewis Fraser and Archie Mikeson, mm-hmm. those three boys were, were probably struggling until Granties came in and they've been up at the High Performance Centre. And now, you know, we feel, I mean, Nathan Cooney's been on the bench, Archie's been on the bench, Lewis is now captain under 18s. Those are the success stories for me because, you know, it's back to him talking about my son Adam as a parent, when, you know, players were getting cast aside. You know, we've all, we all know them, players that didn't get a chance at club, they're better players. We want to give them every opportunity here. So if they're not physically right, we need to get them up to speed. Granty's job is to say, right, how do we get this player? If he's not physically right, if he's not technically, if he's not psychologically right, you know, we need somebody looking after them. And and to be honest, so far, Touchwood is is working well. I do talk a lot, eh? That's all right. It's fine. This is what we're here for. (laughs) How far away from, like, actually breaking into the first team are these these kind of players then? Is it still quite far? Because I would imagine this season it's probably no the season to be risking putting guys that are that young in. And I would even class Declan Glass in that category. Just be, just because there's so much at stake. We've had this so argument. Much. Declan Glass deserves his chance. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. And I've and I've seen him. I saw him uh, under Shaba and I thought he's, this yeah. boy's got something. He's definitely got something. But I just wonder if the stakes are too high this season because we have to get out of this league. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, I think, I mean, Robbie, Robbie is a man who makes those decisions. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, get him in here. <laughs> ultimately, um, but what I will say is that I think we will not be scared to play any any player into the first team if he, if he's doing well enough. Yeah. But Louis, prime example. Yeah. Right place, right time. And he's taken his chance. Absolutely. You know, and he's been rewarded with a new contract and, mm-hmm. and whatever. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, the one thing we said last week, the week before, is <coughs> if, if we're looking at, players know that we're doing the manager's job or everyone's job is somebody like Logan Chalmers could probably go with doing it alone but now there's a 
pathway for that to um, yeah. improve players, get them out, get them playing. When they come back, they're better players. They physically have played every week and type thing, and they're mm. more match ready, possibly. Yeah, I, I, you're spot on, Ronnie. And I think that sometimes it's not always a, a, a you know an upward path for these players. You know, they, they will have uh, fits and starts. Excuse me. <coughs> they will have fits and starts in relation to um, how the, how their um, development goes. You know, and that could be anything. They're, they're young men. There's pressures on them, you know, the peer pressure about them. So we have to be more um, focused on, on how that is. So Declan was on loan to Airdrie um, and again, didn't play as much probably as he wanted to. He goes to Cove and now he's he's a, he's a he's in a strong pre-season and he knows there's a pathway for him to come back to. So he's got the confidence, hopefully he'll come back in the building. And he still has to fight for a position in here. Mm-hmm. Logan, Ross Graham, um, uh, the the young lads we spoke about, you know that they're all they're all in the periphery. So the question, the answer to your question is, they should all be knocking the door trying to get in. You know they train with the first team, mm-hmm. they can gauge how, how well they're doing. There's definitely not going to be a, a thing here. And as you've seen with the, the team selection, you know whoever's playing playing is going to get in the team. That's the reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean we've we've said it since the goal machine Paul Watson come back in. It's Mark yeah. Conley's been getting his win bonus for two minutes of action, but it's <laughs> it's who went from being pretty much a first choice, goes out injured, no fault of his own, he's injured, has to earn his place in. I think Robbie was quite honest with that. I mean, he said it about Sir Lawrence as well, but um, but you do, I mean, regardless of what you're doing, if the team's won, I think we'd had two clean sheets before it, yeah. and I don't think he expects to walk back in. He, everyone has to earn it. I think, I think we do, and I think we're young players, you always, you want to get an inconsistency from them. And what we've, we've spoke about and what we look at is we have to understand they're going to make mistakes and, and they're going to make mistakes in games, big games. And we're going to have to accept that because we're trying to develop, as well as having established players, we're trying to develop players. And, um, you know, even the top young players have all made mistakes. So, look, we, obviously we want them in the team and I want them in the team and Robbie wants them in the team, but they still have to earn it. Um, but I feel as if the way our structure is now, they've definitely got a lot better opportunity of getting in that team. Yeah, and especially now, I mean, they just need to look at Louis playing most games or featuring most games that there's a chance there, and it's it's they kind of just need to need to take it. Yeah, if you're good enough, you'll you'll get your chance. Yeah, yeah, which is what it has to be. Uh, you mentioned there about we mentioned about the January and the summer with players coming in. What's the plan coming up for? This window, I, I, I put a few targets on my board for you. Yeah. I knew you were coming in, so we've got Ronaldo, Bale, and a free. Maybe those are two. That's it. Um, I think he could enjoy playing the old course after a <laughs> wee session at the High Performance Centre. Definitely, <laughs> we can miss it the first day. We'll even yeah, mention it. <laughs> <laughs> Enough uh, nutcases here, so we're all right. Um, what is kind of the plan? I mean, Robbie it said last week one or one or two, but again, yeah. it's all about improving and not just being a number. I think I think from a performance perspective of, of within an environment when when everything's going well, you know, eight games on the bounce, um, a feel good factor, a togetherness that if we're bringing anyone in, they've got to be the right type. Um, they've got to fit in right away, and I think Robbie said, you know, that we say they've got to be better. What they've got to do is be able to come in and. And enhance the squad. Um, so there's a couple of things that we're looking at um, about improving, but um, and, and maybe some other players might move out on loan. Um, but he's made it clear Declan Glass will come back into the building to fight for uh, 
for a place. Some other young ones will go on loan. But the the reality is, this January, I don't. I think the fans shouldn't expect to to see anything, any major changes. We're not expecting a living this day. No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not expecting my January. I've, I've made some plans for January, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't think that. What, what we do, we are looking at, I can tell you, we are looking at recruitment. It's for summer. You know, we, we will look at that far ahead. And that said, we you know we've, we've put a lot of uh, faith in the squad here by giving a lot of longer term contracts. Mm-hmm. Well, that and that's one thing we were going to mention that it's a wee bit against the the grain of the one year contracts. You know, there's been two year kind of minimum as well to yeah. buy in, but now you're seeing them getting extended, and obviously players are feeling part of it and want to be part of it, which is the main thing. Yeah, it's funny. Funny thing, I think I said this again before that you know there was there was a twenty five mile radius rule for players to to live here, and um and actually, the idea of it is probably right because you want people in, in in their own. You don't want people travelling for Glasgow and Edinburgh all the time, just even for for sitting in the car for two two or two hours each way or whatever. So, um, but what we've done with it with these players, are they've almost done it themselves. You know, they're now all living in the area, and again, this is back to us buying into what we're trying to achieve here. So, so when I talked about the core players, you know, we we need to have a core. We can't keep making changes. And if our if our due diligence and our, our recruitment is is doing well, then you know we, we should have them in longer contracts. Um, I mean, people people look oh you get having a longer contract. Well, you know, for me, um, I'm a great one for stability. I think clubs have have done it, especially in Scotland. I've always looked at year contracts through finance. We we are a bit lucky because we've got an owner who's who believes in a, a more long term viewpoint. Um, and I think that we, having these players on long contracts, say that we're committed to them, which means they'll be committed to us. You know, the demands have been put on them um, over the last year, 100%. There have been, been extra demands in the way they train. And if, you know, I know, Paul, you've been up a few times at training. You know, they train hard, they work hard. Um, so they know the demands here and nobody's going to come and sit on a two or three year deal and, and sit with the slippers on, that's for sure. Who decides the length of the, the deals then? Because recently we've had a few players sign two-year extensions and then today, I'm not sure if it's official or if it's just rumoured, but Nicky Clark's potentially going to be signing a one-year deal. So who is it that's deciding the two, the one or the three? Yeah, ultimately Robbie and I will sit down and, and discuss where we see the players. and we have, a, you know, we have to look at pathways. We have to also look at the young players we've got coming through. We have to be aware of what we have, what we believe we can push through. And we also got to understand that players have got they've got a, a say. You know, some players might want to only sign a year or sign mm-hmm. for two years. Then we have to make that decision whether that's suitable for the club. You know, I think because players have aspirations. Listen, they want to be here. There's, make no mistake. If you went in the dressing room, every player that's just now wants wants to be here because there's a good thing happening. There's a feel good. There's a togetherness. But um, you know, players have also got their aspirations because it's at the end of the day, it's, it's you've got a short career. Mm-hmm. So people might say, I, I might want to sign a, a shorter term deal because I've got a move. I, I want to try and get a move or I want to try and get in the Premier League. There's there's many different factors to it, Paul. And I think, um, but everyone that's signed so far has, you know, said, look, we want to be here. Um, and to be honest, there's a lot of, they all knock the door. They all want to be here. I mean, it's, you know, I speak to a lot of people externally of the, of the football club that are at decent level positions. You know, they phone, they text me. And when they come, I've had a few visitors up from, from various clubs. They all say, I can't believe how, how positive the players are about everything. You know, mm. sometimes in a dressing room, you're going to get a moaner, you're going to get somebody that's unhappy not being in the team. 
honestly, we don't have it. Yeah, we it just seems, as you mentioned, like I've, I've taken uh, the young lad over to the training a few times, purely for my own benefit, of course. Uh, <laughs> I had to see one man. Wished. And it's uh, it's 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 so noticeable because I've taken them over now for a couple of years and under other managers, you could just tell the players that they were not enjoying it. You know, yeah. it the, the, the sessions were quite stop-start. They were just kind of, the players were standing around just almost twiddling thumbs. But these days... They're all working hard, but they're all doing it with a smile on their face as well. Absolutely, and that can only that can only be a positive for us. Yeah, Paul, you're right. Even even at the stadium, it's the same. You know, we came in here a year ago, and again, just where we're reflecting today, there was no Christmas tree up here last year. And we the first game, I think I remember the first game it was actually. It's terrible, but you know there was no selection boxes for there was nothing. There was just nothing about Christmas, mm-hmm. and everyone was in a you know a downer. Um, it's probably one tune at half time, same in a play every year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's getting that yeah, feel good factor. The, the only thing I will say is, look, I think it's great when everything's going well, you know. And, and as you said, you know, we, we've had the years also had blips, and we call, we call use this word blip because a blip is something you can that won't happen again or, or happen seldomly. Um, you know, we have to be aware. If nothing goes, you know vertically all the time that there's going to be blips and we have to be ready for that and part of my role as a sporting director is to make sure that um, I'm able to help with those blips you know because at the end of the day the coaching staff everyone at this club wants us to be successful you know the fans might think oh they're paid money or whatever you know this guy doesn't know what the club's all about you know he doesn't we all want to win whatever reason it is we all want to win but what we've definitely got here they all want to win for the club I mean, I've, again, the other thing about this season in particular is, you know, the, the players talked about the pre-match warm-up. They want to go and, you know, the fans that are there are sitting in their seat, they're not still within the Hege like you two. Or no, 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 not you're me. Not, you're not you. Not Quarter the, to two, I'm up the stair like a professional. Half cut. <laughs> no, no, nonsense. Did I see that? referees, what? It's just a shant. Well, that, that's, that was the my fault. Andrew Dallas wasn't the referee, right? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was the my fault. Yeah. No, they and want to go to the fans. They want to appreciate. They want yeah. to go after the game and appreciate. I think before they've been a bit tentative because mm-hmm. the first half we for the last season, the fans were a bit up and down. You didn't know what you were going to do if mm-hmm. you got there. So, but now, you know, you see, you know, there's some good footage of the video that we've done and we've sort of added some stuff to that video to sh- today, actually, just to show a bit more about the, the community stuff and the academy stuff. But, you know, it's it's so important that we um, that we understand that everyone wants to win. Mm. You know, I want to win. Mm. I didn't come in here just so I can get abused on Twitter every week. It's not exactly my... Stay off it then. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, you're the 300th person to say that. But what I will say on, on the stuff we initially at the start of the season, um, I, I did feel that the club, prior to us coming in and the organs coming in, there was lack of communication um, during that period of of the, the summer. You know, I, th- I felt like, let's try and... A lot of people do it in Scottish football. They do. They do talk. They only seem to come on when things are going good. Um, but make no mistake. Listen, all the tweets that I got were negative. I've got them. I've stored them. And and I'll tell you. You know, I'm quite happy to say. And some of the guys listening to this podcast will tell you that I contacted a number of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been a guy that faces things head on. Um, it only took I, you three months to come on here. I, well, I was scared that you were on it. Wait, wait until it was good, eh? I'm just panicking in case I message them on Twitter. No, I don't think so. I no, to be fair, you were all right. There were a few guys that I, I went direct message yeah. them. We have had good, good conversations. Mm. 
Um, I've, I've explained to them, I've told them, listen, we will never learn unless we're getting, you know, people are venting, you mm. know, and I'd, I'd, listen, I think they should vent. If you, if you pay for a product of entertainment and you're not getting what you want, then come and tell mm. us why. Um, but look, um, as I said to you, everything just now is rosy mm. and, and long may that continue, but you know, we're there to, to fix things that if they do come off, the wheels come off again. Mm. See, talking about the wheels coming off, Paul obviously had his 20-minute monologue after that fateful day down down the road. How did it feel inside the club after the Queen in the South, which was now eight games ago, we've won eight in a row. At times, people are asking for the manager's head, and now, because the, again, it was That the was on the back of the, the contract yeah. extension yeah. as well. well. Which was great timing. And uh, But then we've won eight in a row, but... How how did it feel for the days after that? Yeah, look, I, I think I think there's no secret. The, the, the boys hurt. I mean, honestly, the boys hurt. The staff hurt. The manager and I hurt. I mean, we speak after every game on a Saturday or a Tuesday, and you know we'll, we'll talk about everything from the the way we've set up, we've, how we prepared to. You know, if it's a if it's a defeat like that, we question everything. Was the bus right? Was the pre-match meal right? Was did the warm up go correctly? You know, we have to review everything. Um, for me, if you're asking, you know, three results that we've had this season, you know, again, this is, again, with expectations, we're expected to win every game. Mm. That's the way this club is. So we all know that. So, that, you know, we don't hide from the fact that if we lose a game, people are going to ask questions. So if if you take the Air United game, the Alloa game, and then the Queen of the South game as, as the three losses, then, you know, we have looked at things. We have looked at our away form and we have looked at, is, is there an issue playing on certain surfaces? And we just need to learn from that and tailor it again. So, but honestly, Ronnie, it's it's not a nice uh, feeling in the Ashgar household. I don't know what it's like in the Nielsen or the McCulloch or the Forest or the, any of them. Yeah. Uh, one thing you you mentioned previously, and you've mentioned it when you were coming in, you sat in the uh, Eddie Thompson stand, didn't you? Yeah. What was it like at that time? Bear in mind, not just now, but then. How uh, tough was it? And was he standing up in front of you? No. <laughs> do you know what? The funny thing is. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I have to say this just now about Big Paul. Well, see when we good. did the video, yes, for for uh, the playoffs. Yeah, I thought you were an actor. Ah, you told me that. I told you that. Yeah, I got I got nothing but stick for that <laughs> video. By the way, I thought I thought that thing. You'd almost been staged. I thought you you're like, uh, and the way you walked and talked, you know, yeah. you've got that voice. It's that I've got. I want it as one of those sleep things that you can listen to. Tell me a story in bed. <laughs> Yeah. No, literally. <laughs> well, well, it's an offer, but yeah. by because um, you're watching at a time we weren't yeah. doing very well. No, what I saw was a lot of people hurt, a lot of people mm. angry, and I thought, you know, that how is anyone going to be able to turn that round? Well, you turn it around by winning games. But we're winning games now. People are questioning the performance, so you know there's always there's always going to be something. But again, if you're going to attain what people perceive to be the best, you're going to have to you're going to have to do all these things. Mm. Um, but you know it, it was hard going. I felt for Shaba. I felt for the players because um, you know there's, there were some games that they actually probably did okay and just never got the rub of the green. So look, it, it, the, the fans. I mean, I see the Dundee Derby was was probably a game changer for me and what what this club can achieve, and you know, have having an insight of where we can be in the in the Premiership, you know. Um, and again, this for me, and I, I talked to all the staff about it. It's a dress rehearsal for the Premiership. 
So we can make our mistakes as long as we get there. Mm. But as soon as we go in, we want to play the, the Celtics, the Rangers, the Aberdeens, you know, we need to, because we will be, we will be put in the bracket of that top four, top five, top six clubs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what people expect of us. And there's very much a structure now in place for that, given, you know, it, well, everyone knows what the financials come out and shown and whatever, and typical yeah. people became finance experts overnight. <laughs> I had no clue what anything meant. I just knew the red coloured was no good. No. But it's putting in the structure, it's making the relevant changes. And we've said it as well. Look at, uh, even just on, uh, notice the playing staff, the amount of work that went on at Tannadice yeah. in the summer, which is, it's no free. No, <laughs> I, listen, I, I, listen, Mark and Scott Ogren and, and the board have authorised a lot of money and a lot of investment. And again, it's back to the sledgehammer thing, you know, we had to almost strip everything down, playing side, performance side, business side. And Mal, you know, has put in things that, Again, change, nobody likes change. Everyone wants to pay at the gate. Everyone wants to turn up at the game on a Saturday, but, you know, th- th- things move on. Um, the issues, you know, we've had issues with ticketing, the, you know, tickets for games. That's not how we used to do it. It's a saying that goes around this club all the time, actually, that I, I ban people from oh, We have always done it that way, you know. And, and again, yeah, but we need to look forward. We need to look at um, how we're doing things. So, yeah, I mean, I think we... Um, as I say, Mark and Scott, how much they've invested into it. They knew right at the start they're going to have to put a lot of money in and they're going to get the, the infrastructure, the foundations in place. And now we have to do our side of, the, of it and get wins in the park, get punters back in with supporting United, get ourselves to the Premiership, not just get ourselves. And that's why, you know, a lot of money, we need, we need to be able to establish ourselves. There's no point in us going, going up next year and be fighting down the bottom. You know, that, that will be just... We've seen this movie before. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Sure you have. But there's teams that, that do that. That's, that's their whole existence. Uh, yo-yo clubs. Yeah, you're yeah. spot on. And look, that's that's going to be another challenge. So that, as I said to you earlier about how the feel goods here are great and you know, hopefully we can go and continue on game at a time and, mm-hmm. and get that win. But the next challenge will be in the summer, the expectations of who we're signing, the expectations of by October, why, why we only won two games and five, you know, what's happening to us. So we have to just temper it down. We have to, um, we have to get a team ready that's going to be, I keep using the word sustainable and successful. That's the two sort of key words mm. we need. Yeah, and I, th- I think when you're on about the summer as well, you know, it's who's coming in, but obviously the rumours are going to be bound if a certain man keeps scoring goals yeah. and whatever else. But, you know, he signed a three-year contract yeah. purely, again, security for the club, obviously, as yeah. well. But Security for himself. And obviously wants to be part of it, yeah. you know, because his face was trubbing him when he was on that bench, which is what we expect yeah, that's what you to want. be frustrated in himself, you know, and that's that's just part and parcel of it. And you could see there's a, and there's a real bond between them as well. I mean, yeah. Look, I, I think, again, reflecting on the year, and we've not really had time to do it. And I, and I said today, for about 20 minutes we did, but, you know, things like being able to um, bring a player like Lawrence Shankland to to the, to the United in the Championship, you know, that that's a massive coup. And, and, you know, no matter what people talk about, what how much money he's earning. And 20 grand a week now is what we're up to. Is it 20 grand? Excluding goal bonus. Excluding uh, goal bonus. I don't think yeah. he goes to bed for that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's testament because it wasn't just about his goal scoring. Lawrence Shanklin's a hungry player to do well. 
You know, he's came to this club and got himself within the Scotland setup. That's no mean feat. But again, it's a testament to the players around him. And and the thing is, when you bring any um, let's let's I'll use the word superstar. We don't like that word, but somebody that's getting all the praise and all the glory. The rest of the team are actually loving it. They're, they're actually adding to it. Mm. They think it's fantastic because he's, he's a great kid. I think that they rub him yeah. about it because I was down. It was when uh, they do the first team training with the kids, and I took my young lad down, and he was part of the second hour because he's a wee bit older and. The guys, the first team members that were going on for the second session, they were all standing behind myself and Shanklin was getting it tight. And it was just after he scored for Scotland, actually. And they were all ribbing him. And I was thinking, well, like the, all these Burns might think you're a superstar, but your mates are <laughs> no, that's, digging that's, you that's, out here. That's that, class. Exactly. But we seen it at the Open Day, didn't we? You said at the table he was on and he, oh, he waited, he'd signed yeah. every single oh, thing. Oh, yeah, he... He couldn't have been any nicer. Yeah. I th- and he actually, people were saying, right, we've only got so many minutes left. And he was like, no, no, I'll be signing and getting pictures with everybody. Yeah, Hats off to abs- the guy. Absolutely fantastic. And I think, well, he made a commitment to this club for three years. He, he didn't do that thinking, I'm going to come in a year and I'm going to sell you, or six months more to mm. the point, you know. He's committed to get promotion. He, he wants to uh, play at the highest level he can. And, that, you know, this club won't stop him, that's for sure. But we're not going to be in the position... And he knows this. His agent was was bang on as well. You know, we want to do the best for him. Um, Is it a worry come January? No, I don't. Think, I don't think it's a worry because we, we're not going to sell him. You know, the owner said that. I've said that. Mal said that. Robbie said that. So, uh, my next door neighbour said that. You know, so it's you know we're not going to sell. Him. We've said it as well, but it doesn't really mean no, much. I think the issue will be. If somebody came with a, a real big offer, yeah. mm-hmm. that, uh, but to be honest, knowing Mark and Scott Ogren, they are committed to be successful, mm. um, as I am and as Robbie is, and you know we would f- fight tooth and nail for that to be done. But we also have to understand that again, people have to understand. Sometimes in football, you only get a one chance, mm-hmm. um, but we know, and our plan is that chance will come for Lawrence. In fact, getting a promotion under his belt. Will We'll probably enhance it even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, the the scare thing of January is we we were all there on that last day of the transfer window when a certain two players were rocking up in our stadium. We're like, yeah. Oh, and, and Paul Dixon put it best because he had just signed, and then we'd sold day two, and that yeah, was so just it was Dicker's fault. Yeah, it was Dicker's fault. But and it's that fear I think we had. But having an owner now that's saying, nah, no. And I think the difference is. I believe him. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of chairman, whatever you think. Yeah, I don't really believe. I, I, but like, there are times, though, in football, I would imagine, uh, where you you could be absolutely firm in your belief. This player X is not going anywhere, and then, as you say, you just get an offer, or or he gets an offer, maybe tapped up or something, and he gets promised whatever he's going to get, and it just changes it. I just kind of see that happening in January. Yeah. No, I, I think. Look, football's football, but I, I know I've said it publicly then you know we won't sell um if i'm ever overruled in that is is by somebody that's also said publicly we're not selling them so mm-hmm. yeah i just as i say I don't, I don't see it happening um i just what i don't want to do is a lot of uh, white noise around it for 30 days or um so that's the sort of challenge we have to do we have to keep everyone calm the other issue is we, we're starting to get other players that are, are showing interest on them as well you know that there's no doubt there are players that we've brought to this football club that our coaches and staff have made better even though Ian McCall said to the, the <laughs> other way but you know we have made 
players better. And yeah. I think if anyone externally looking in can talk about the the way that guys like Jamie Robson, mm-hmm. um, Mike Clark, Paul McMullen, yeah. Sam Stanton, Paul Watson, have, have, Cole Machine. He's not done it yet though. Better but. the ones we brought into the building, like Liam Smith, who's, who's developing really well. We've you know the, the keeper, even Benji, Benji's you know and yeah. you know now looks and certainly. Can, in my opinion, can be a top top goalkeeper. Um, even even the likes of it, you know, the the, the forgotten manager, your cause Adrian Sparla, who, who's who's again a, another thing that we wanted to bring to this club. Guys like Ian Harks, Adrian Sparla, different cultures, different ways of, of of looking at football. We don't have to have an instant. They don't have to become right in. We have to get them to the right mm. ability, learn the language, get them in because we're getting the boys for free. We're able to get them from a club. And get him in, adapted into the culture, adapted into how he plays. You know, he's got a three-year deal. He'll be here, and and, and he'll become a good player for and us. And it's it's not going to be easy for him coming from that culture. And no, the absolutely. time is on his side. Absolutely. And then now, you know, he, he was talking to me in the training ground the other day, almost in, in a full English Scot with a, a bit of a Dundonian accent on the back, <laughs> talking about pears and stuff. I still don't even understand what that means. Oh, he shouldn't have eaten pears. He's an pears. athlete. <laughs> get I, to, no, I think he said you ate all the pears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get to Aloha, they do it on a roll. It's delish. <laughs> oh, delicacy. Uh, you mentioned it about the players coming in. You said before about the recruitment model. Is it still based on Bill Belichick's model of being... Yeah. You know, leaders, specialists, and those with potential. Now, obviously, you can mix them up a little bit. Now, I'm gonna no bad mouth, Mark Reynolds, but we're not buying potentially. I'll be buying experience. Yeah, for coming in, and, and that that model is, is is one part of it on almost the personality. Mm. We also look at obviously all the, all the technical, tactical, and physical, the age, the the costing, where where we're going to see them um, in a year's time, value wise. Um, are we going to retain value? Are we going to allow the value to? You know, with all due respect to Mark, Mark's here for a long time. He'll he'll remain here for the rest of his career, hopefully. Um, so yeah, we, we do look at that. I think I think more so in those those type of things will come into the fore when we're playing the Premiership, mm. because just now our, our culture of our players are that we're a very we've got real good professionals, and we spoke about this before. Sometimes when you want in the Premiership, you might have to bring other types in that are better players that are going to be more, I won't use the word difficult to manage, but certainly ones that are a bit, and I think I, I use the word as uh, specialists there, where they um, they may have a technical, but, you know, they might be motivated by things like money or they might be motivated by their own their own selves rather than this team. Mm. And again, I think looking at any team and high-performing team, you're going to have to have people that we don't have that just now, as I said earlier. We've got real good types, real good uh, players that can be successful. But as you move to the higher levels, suddenly you're going to have to, and, and that might be bringing a foreign player in that's slightly different. You know, it's difficult, but that model is where we'll try and look at mm-hmm. the mental and the psychological profile yeah. of the players. And like with everything else that's coming in as well, you mentioned Robbie Nielsen as well, signed the extension of his contract, but he was our fifth permanent manager in about four years, but now stability is there for the long term uh, yeah. of the of the club and his assistants have done it as well to keep creating that, I don't want to say family, but it's it's getting a close knit and being really tight as a group. Yeah, I mean, as you guys have said, you know, that, that, that was declared and a lot of people were saying, you know, why why so long? And, you know, you've only just got to look at the clubs in the Premiership just now about managers moving 
right, left and centre. I always believe, um, especially with the sporting director role, that there's got to be an accountability from me. Um, if a manager's not performing or a coaching staff or anyone within the organisation not, not performing, then my job is to help develop him to get performing again. He, he didn't become a bad manager overnight. He didn't become a bad player overnight. I don't become a bad sporting director overnight. I, we need to be saying, where are we not? Where's it not being effective? And we need to fix it. I'm not one of these six months in, oh, the team's not lost two games, let's get a new manager in. Resetting things, costing money on change of personnel. It's not happening on this watch, no chance. Um, and I honestly believe, you know, and I, sometimes I'm sick of bumming them up all the time, but I've worked with a lot of managers, I'll say that again, I've represented a lot. Robbie is a focused individual. He, he, he's committed to the club because he wants to be here. He, he tried down south and, and I, I think, you know, MK Dons did okay. Um, but I know where he wants to be. He's young. He's got, the players want to play for him. So that ticks a lot of boxes. I really don't see why we have to be, I don't, I don't believe why chopping and changing manager suddenly makes a good team. I no, don't, I don't no, I, it. I agree. And I think we've seen it so many times. And the, the one thing you said there about the stability with the players as well, that every summer, certainly since we went, we, we were relegated, it's, it has just been change, change, change. Whereas yeah, now it's... a it's, new team. Yeah. And some don't work out, obviously. Absolutely. You know, we bring Aidan Nesbitt on loan, doesn't uh, on a short term, doesn't work out. You said he was really good last week. Because sometimes it just week. doesn't work. But that's just the way it is, you know. Totally. Uh, and sometimes, you, like you said, you take chances if they've been injured or whatever, and some they'll, they'll work out or, or they won't. Yeah, no, and, and listen, that was, you're right, we, we went in January, we, we brought a few players in, and, and listen, I, I wouldn't, I suppose using the word they didn't work out, they just, they, they worked for what we needed, mm. um, and also for their development, there's no point in Aiden, for example, using him to come in here if he's not playing every week, the boy needs to play, he's a very good player technically, we saw that on Tuesday night, he did mm-hmm. a really good game, mm. um, so, you know, it's not always about the, the player not being good enough, or the, it's, all, it's something just about the time, or not fitting in, to the time and where we are as a club. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, we we have to be very, and I used this word before, using a scalpel, about how we're dealing with these the, the, these players and bringing them in. And again, they won't all work. Um, but the coach and the head coach and the, the assistant head coaches, they'll work. You know, and again, the accountability will have to come back to me, come back to the board, come back to the owner, because we've all agreed on it. It's not, it's not one decision that makes that. Um, but if it was my decision, I would do it again. Yeah. Even on the back of your phone, This episode obviously goes out um, after the weekend uh, ahead of the Dundee Derby. How's your first two been this season? I was talking to someone earlier today about the. That was my first ever Dundee Derby. Okay. Even going to watch a game. Um, Did you end up in the fort after it by any chance? We do our research. You, know. you can private investigate all you like. You know, <laughs> I, I had some friends up from London and some from Liverpool, and uh, mm. we all went out with uh, a few of the staff. Yeah. That's, a, that's a Dundee pub. Uh, I, just, uh, I didn't appreciate the songs. Worse. No, I could imagine. We don't went through his outfit. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, so, how did you find the the, the first the first one, the six two? I think what I was impressed by. I mean. The shed being full is is, is something else. I think you know, Mal had spoke to us when we um, when we sold it for the Inverness game last year, and uh, we talked about having 
because we do look at my job is to look at a lot of things in the performance, the small margins, the small areas. When we speak about it sometime, about even I, I want the music done at mm-hmm. a certain time and, and how we look at things and, and having support behind each goal without doubt has a big influence on the game. Yeah. Both positively for us, negatively for certain goalkeepers that you've mm-hmm. seen come to the stadium that don't like it. Um, so when we had that at, at the game and it, it was the first night we were back in the old boardroom, which is behind the goal, because I normally sit in the halfway line um, with Lee McCulloch and because that was taken over by the fans, we were, we were there. So it was just, for me, I, I didn't see the first 10 minutes actually everything was just moving so fast mm. people were trying to find their seats it was just it was carnage to yeah. be honest and this this game coming up I think will be slightly different we'll be a bit better organised mm. I don't think we understood what was going to happen mm. with the support how, how did you find it being at Dens watching the game good I actually enjoyed that game yeah I, th- I think we um, especially when Butch had him quite early I thought oh no <laughs> I you turned to me didn't you like oh no uh, what has he done <laughs> <laughs> oh no I think I think from a there was some small things that we 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 did um, as a tradition that we walk up to the pitch and we you know, we didn't bother with that tradition. We you did though. I did. I walked up. Yeah, yeah I did walk up. Um, I thought I'd get more abuse, but I don't think MD knew who I was. So no, I no, you're covered up with that big manager's coat on. It's not big. I was the big. <laughs> um, uh, but it's, it's it's some atmosphere, isn't it? Unbelievable. And yeah. you know, you, you know, the old firm's obviously a big, you know, big game. You know, and and uh, down south, I've been a lot. I've been at the Boca River Plate game. Um, but what what that is because it's. It's intimate, even though it's a, there's a lot of people that's intimate. You're right on top of people. It's almost as if the you know the fans only get out for one night in a, a year, and this is the night they come out. <laughs> that's what uh, it feels like. Yeah, you know. But for us, and I think what we're seeing from a team perspective is we're thriving on bigger atmospheres. You know, when we go to the and back to your question about um, playing at smaller venues, with all due respect, because we brought players that have played in Premiership, mm. it's very difficult for them to adjust to. Um, with all due respect, going to Alloa. Um so when these games come, I feel, you know, we're we're on it. Um, but that's that's because also there's great preparation for the coaching staff and 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 how we're going about our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at that time, even after losing a goal or that was disallowed, um, I felt we were still in a real good position. Mm-hmm. Um, look, make no mistake, I, I don't think Dundee by any means are. I think that they're they're a force to be reckoned with and these games can go anyway and we have to be aware of that mm. and it's all about who turns up on the night so yeah I'm looking forward to it first things first though one game at a time is here United yeah. um, and again we've got I th- what I found as well over the last year is every game's got a story it's taboos we're trying to break we're trying to break a Friday night live game we're trying to break a game winning an AstroTurf we're trying to break well, so, we couldn't have went on the TV for an awful long time yeah. we're alright now though well, all over this season. Yeah, penalties. We'll even speak about that. Ugh, penalties, um, yeah. But again, the, you look at that as well, though. Allocation sold out for for the derby again, especially around Christmas time as well. Which is when you look at the fixture list, you go, "Oh, that's great." But at the same time, it's like it's a lot of money for people that are yeah. not season dig holders. But mm. to be that is, it's just it's going to be amazing. And again, Friday night under the lights, yeah. absolutely amazing. Honestly, Ronnie, and again, everyone thinks a cliche. You're doing the, the political statement about it. You know, Robbie talks about the fans in every interview because he means it. Mm. You know, 
I mean, I, I'll say, I mean, I'm quite happy to say publicly, at home, sometimes they're not as vocal. I don't know if there's no many songs that we, we don't know. There's only the three songs. Well, I think you'll find the away days are very much sponsored by a lot of alcohol. <laughs> Copper, Berg and Tennant, usually. But yeah, no, we, we've said it before as well, and you've been to kind of every away game, Paul. It's, it's a different thing. Saturday at Gayfield was a wee bit different for reason. Yeah, yeah. But you've been, you've seen kind of what it's what it's yeah. like. I don't, I don't think it's just a, a United phenomenon. I think just generally away fans... Enjoy it more yeah. for, for whatever reason. Mm. I mean, d- don't get me wrong. Uh, we've won every home game this season. It is being enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for, for whatever reason, mm. it's just a wee bit quieter. Yeah but, yeah, but at the same time, I would say it's actually louder than some of the years gone by because some of you would watch a game in 90 minutes of silence. And yeah. I, it doesn't matter what I've, I do, it doesn't matter how loud I play it or what I play and I never take credit for anything I do on a for what songs get played. But sometimes it just doesn't go. Like we always... I mean, three or four years ago, one of, maybe the first year we relegated, you would you would read a team out and you'd get a cheer. Mm-hmm. And for three years, you wouldn't get that. But now you're starting to get that in little yeah. bits. Like if somebody's yeah. playing really well, you'll get it. But when you used to read the team out at 10 to 3, yeah. it was brilliant. But now doing stuff like the 100 Club, which Sam Stanton's in that I never knew about, so we'll move on, uh, to the Legends. Uh, the legends. It's been really, yeah. really good for that, you know, but we need to... It, I've always said it, we need to get off for it, but it'll come the more we keep doing yeah, this. I, I think, listen, everything you said, 100%. I think also there's a balance that, you know, our hospitality is always full. So, you know, that, that's, a, that's a real benefit, which <laughs> means, yeah. you know, people are going to have a drink before they come out. So we've also got to bear that in mind. But I think, you know, as I said, and I'll say it again, make no mistake, the big part that the, the, the United fans make to the games for the players, mm. that they you see it now you see it when we win games and you know you've seen some of the even when we score goals you know the, the, the players love it the interaction the connection and I think for me the question you asked earlier about Eddie Thompson was I think that's what was missing the connection between the players and, and the fans mm. and I think that's now there Yeah, and, and really enhanced when it's a derby really enhanced when it's the big games um, and I think that's probably going to be our biggest driver of getting us mm. through to where we want to be this season. Yeah, and the, the thing with music for people that do listen, sometimes if it's no one so quick, it's because I'm too busy celebrating, which yeah. has happened a couple of times. <laughs> but I've, I've often thought that, that I wouldn't particularly fancy your job because I just like getting caught up in it. It's kind of what it's, happens. I mean, we got asked the it's other... It's kind of what happens. Yeah, we got asked the other week, would you like to do the Arab Zone commentary? And you said yes. I was, and I'm I was, in. And I was like, no. Count me in for no, the away game, I'm in. Because I'll, I'll not be enjoying the game itself. I'll be trying to concentrate on what's that boy's name again? Yeah. What's got the bar now? Yeah. Oh, I would hate to do that. Yeah. I just like getting lost in it and no, get caught up. I can, and again, you're right, because Louis Louis was brought on, the, but it was about five minutes. The game was restarted. I, think, <laughs> I was too busy celebrating at the time. But that, but it's we getting, we even just, it's daft wee things like just getting songs like that yeah. that have got a real link yeah, to them, which is, which is great for it. And as like we say, we're trying to build a, an experience when you're here, pre-match, half-time and whatever. Yeah. There's a song at full time I keep getting asked about. Yeah. Fever Las Vegas. Talk to me. Well, you put it on. Yeah. Why do you play it? Well, <laughs> I only play it because I was told to play it. So but, there's, a, there's a strong rumour <laughs> that the boys have been promised a, a trip if they get promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and that See, if I really went into the realms of neuroscience for you now, how dopamine levels are raised, <laughs> how, how Jurgen Klopp, he hugs all his players That's after it. every win so that they know that, that 
that's they feel the same way mm-hmm. after every game. They're looking for that hug. Uh-huh. So our incentive yeah. is Viva Las Vegas yep. in the hope that when we win the league that the boys um, get there. But look, there's a lot of, lot of games to go still, but mm-hmm. uh, we need to almost give them that wee carrot. It's there. there you go. So that's just to clear that up. I just, I, I, now, I, I refused to tell anyone because I was like, I'm not sure if it's really true. Or... <laughs> As I say, I'll use oh, the word, it's a rumour. Yeah, it's well, so. I believe Paul McMullen's involved, but anyway. Yeah. It's apparently meant to be his goal music, somebody said, but I've not had that it's confirmed. Goal, <laughs> but somebody said that's the beer, but I've not had it confirmed from him yet, so that's yeah. why it's no, I mean, he doesn't score many anyway, but. Sets him up though. Yes, he does. He does indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we finish off, where do you see United in five years' time? It's a good question. I think uh, you know. I think we've we've already said, and you know, it's just big. You've got to have a big cojones to say that we're going to be playing in Europe. But you know, I, I, we've set that plan out. We need to be within the Premiership and playing in Europe. Um, but you know, it's, it's it's difficult. You know, things things are difficult. There's always going to be roadblocks. There's always going to be blips. There's always going to be things that stand in our way. But we've got to be strong, and we've got to be. We've got to have a, a goal to go for. And that includes the players, the staff here, the supporters, everything. So, you know, the Ogrens have, have invested a lot of money and they want to be playing in the Premiership. They want to be a top six club. They want to be trying to get in Europe. Um, and our manager's done it. You know, Robbie's done that with Hearts. Um, Hibs did it. So, you know, I don't see us being any different to those types of teams. I think we've came through a real bad period but one year on, we've still got a lot of work to do. We've still got a lot of things to fix. Um, but, you know, we really feel that that's where this club should be. And, and on it, and I, I said that, again, the other thing that happened when we first came in here, that all the pictures around this club were of, well, of Mr. Bowman. I said, Dave Bowman, yeah, I see you more than I see anybody else. Um, which is great. Anyway, we never want to take traditions. You know, we don't want to change the, the past. We just want to plan for the future and we need to have new heroes. We need, you know, you talk about your boy at the game, you know, he needs his new heroes mm-hmm. with all due respect. He, he doesn't want to hear you talking about the same guys. Already. No, I, I put my a Paul Sturrock t-shirt on. The, the wee man's no idea. <laughs> He's no idea who he is. He's all about Shankland. Shankland's the hero mm-hmm. for a lot of kids uh, these days. And uh, so, uh, you know, these guys are legends. They're always going to be legends. In fact, Paul's going to come up to the game or come up on the 7th of February he's come up to the Dundee Rep coming to come up to training going to spend a bit of time with because you know I want these guys part of the club no matter what's happened in the past or whatever you know we need to look at this um, but we really need to to be pushing forward the, the new the new the new group mm. um, for, for somebody for, so, sorry to cut you off Tony for somebody like uh, Paul Sturrock to come up then will the current players have any idea are you guys going to brief them like give them a wee print out of what he's done and his achievements for the club. Yeah, I, I think I think they know. I think I think guys like Paul Sturrock, Morris Malpass, Holty, David Dodds, Neri, uh, Hamish. You know they know them. There's, there's not. I mean these these guys are heggy as well. Mm-hmm. These guys are well known. I think Paul McMullen was couldn't believe that Dave Neri came and gave him the yeah. his top. You know, make no mistake. They, they know the history when they come. These players, they're not all mercenary as some people think. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what's expected. No, I, I wouldn't suggest that. It's just like they're quite young, yeah. like they're early twenties, so they're they'll never have seen these guys play. Yeah. 
They will only ever have heard from them. I have not seen Ballsterick play. I still, I know, I'm 37. You're a United fan, no? Correct. You're a United fan, so it's in your DNA. That is in my to DNA. To know who Luggy was. Yes, yeah, absolute legend. And get, getting the wee things when they come on just for the 100 or or in the guys that are coming off the Tangerine 50 stuff has yeah. been, been great this oh, season as well. Yeah, and because it's been like from all walks of the past, yeah. past I say, but it's just been... It's great. Just these wee things to, like you said as well, it's to improve match the experience, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing. People, I mean, I think people maybe got slightly, I mean, people joked about as well, is how American we can go on a match day. Yeah. It's like, we're not having tailgate parties, but they'd be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> they'd be pretty good. They were selling foam fingers in the, in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that actually. <laughs> I did see that. I was buying gloves last week. It was freezing. Um, but we things like that just to improve yeah. the match day, get people in earlier, get them enjoying it, and you know, I, I do think the, fa- the fans have asked a few questions. Just to, when did Tom for the business club play? Because he comes out every week and he's on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. He loves that. He loves that. <laughs> Tom, he's, he's a great guy. And listen, I heard him on the podcast. He's he's a top top man. Yeah, top man. yeah, he was great. Um, for the year we spoke about, how how do you sum up the year for your, even yourself or, or the club? Yeah, challenging, challenging. Um, but now. You know, when we really take a bit of stock, I think there's been a lot of change quickly. I think we're in a real good position. Um, and yeah, listen, I've enjoyed it. I think it's been fantastic. E- even the, the bad times, because if there's bad times, we know there's there's room to try and fix it. Um, so yeah, I think I think Mark said when he, he bought the club that part of the thing was he wanted to have a bit of fun. And I think that's now for the next, over the next year, we, you know, we want to try and install that that feel-good factor, not just within the, the football players what we've got, but everywhere, including the club, including the fans, not turning up, you know, a bit worried and thinking, oh, 10 minutes, um, oh, this is, this is rubbish, you know. We want to be a bit more happier. Mm. We want to enjoy ourselves as a football club. Yeah. It's an entertainment game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think creating our own heroes from the academy, getting local boys in the team, huge for us. So, yeah, look, I, I think right now, Everything's good. The garden is rosy, but we know there's a lot of work to do, and we know that we'll be working hard to to get a, a team on the pitch and a, and a stadium and a staff service that the supporters will buy into. And where do you see yourself in five years? Are you still going to be well, here? My blood pressure, pro- I, I, I'll be delighted. Stabilised by I then. Be, I think I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll be happy. Yeah, look, I'd I'd, I'd love to see this club and, and be here and. You know, it's all down to the board and the owners mm-hmm. where they see. You know, my job is, as I say, we put a, a performance plan for three to five years. But like any club, you know, th- things, sometimes you can be in a job for too long and get stale. You know, you can put the things in and someone else has to take up the reins. Um, but I think just now what we look at is that, that two, three year period rather than looking at five years. Mm-hmm. Um, try and get young players in the team, try and We'll obviously get ourselves promoted and uh, see where we can take it and where the adventure goes and you guys have had a, a big adventure over the years so let's hope it's a positive one mm-hmm. Tony anything you don't want to add just on no, the I end just of this say listen thanks for having on the podcast I hope all the all the listeners have a good Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and hopefully on the 27th and the 21st in the next two games we, we, we do you proud and uh, obviously for 2020 you know hopefully we'll We'll get your support. Tony Asgard, thank you very much for giving us some of your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
Well, we can't thank Tony enough for that, for giving us a fair amount of his evening. Uh, I've no doubt he works very long hours, so to give myself and Ron some of his time, greatly appreciated by us, and uh, we hope that you all enjoy it. Uh, he was as open as and as honest as he, he could have been, and we were kind of briefed beforehand, you can ask whatever you want, uh, within reason, you know, we were asking about Shanklin's wages, he wouldn't have tell where... Uh, Etc. Etc. Uh, but the the only disappointment of the evening was that Ronnie was hoping to snaffle his gelée, but Tony never heard it off his back. So he did not. It was kind of mission impossible. He did not. And uh, anybody that's seen Ronnie will can he's not Tom Cruise. No, no, no. I'm uh, I'm a dancer though. I'm a dancer. Uh, but no, it was it was really good. It was good to sit and chat, and then. Um, for some reason, we ended up in the home dressing room, <laughs> just getting uh, to see it. Yeah. And then uh, we went to the away dressing room, which is a sight for sore eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a sight for eyes that are not sore as well, yeah, to be honest with you. Uh, that, would, that would give a man a migraine. It's very tangerine. It's the most tangerine room yeah. on the planet. I yeah. Think. And when, um, and obviously it's all the way they do things now, it's very thoughtful and whatever. But when you open the uh, dressing room door, the away team to come out, they are greeted by. More than life-size pictures of uh, Mark Connolly and Mark Reynolds mm-hmm. as they welcome out. So there you go. That's a, a sight for that. So is that who you would have put? Because I've thought about this since since we were there. Oh, have you? Yeah. And yeah, I, probably. I, yeah. I would have Connolly there. Yeah, the butch. I would hate the butch. Oh, well, you uh, take Reynolds, apparently. So I would put him a wee bit further down the okay. corridor. I would hate the butch. Yeah. Snarling, I mean, topless, <laughs> bloody nose, <laughs> ready to fight. That's what I would say. There is a um, Christmas Day surprise for everyone from the Dode Fox podcast. You'll see on Christmas morning on our social media if you can give up five seconds of your time to have a right laugh as we can stitch Paul up one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, on this day, in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006, uh, we have... Games, we have a few games, but first, a signing. So on this day in 2006, Craig Levine signed Keith Watson. Despite suffering two serious injuries, he recovered to become a feature on the side and in 2010 collected a winner's medal in the Scottish Cup final against Ross County. Established himself as a regular in the first team during the 2011-12 season, continued his form in the following one. And at the start of both of those seasons, so 11-12 and 12-13, he secured his place in modern day history. And I didn't know this, or I didn't realise this was a thing. He scored in both Europa League ties against Slask in 11 and Dynamo Moscow in 2012. Mm. I didn't know that. Uh, and, ret- and the return of Mark Wilson provided some competition for Keith in 2013, but the fullback held his place in the team and was part of that fateful afternoon against the Fermers in 2014, so we'll forget about that. Uh, he was one of the few players that remained from the side that did win in 2010. Uh, with his contract soon coming to an end, he was sent out on loan to Hibs during the transfer window of 2015, and then uh, following his contract expiring, he was released. He went on and played 152 times for United, scoring 12 goals. And I think most people always say, we should have kept him. Yeah. And I have to agree. Yeah, I was a big fan of Keith. He was just uh, really unlucky with injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he was a good player yeah. on his day. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Keith Watson signed on this day. In 2006, right, got a good few games to mention today with a couple of wee trivia questions for you as well. And for those listening, play along mm. if you want. Uh, we'll start in 1985. We beat Celtic 1-0 at Tannadice. An Eamon Bannon penalty was enough to claim the three points. 
1989, it was almost another penalty winner, but Mixu's penalty was cancelled out by Bobby Russell as the match against Motherwell at Tannadice ended 1-1. Your first question of the day. Which ex-United keeper kept goal for Motherwell that day, six years before signing for us? In 1989. Yes. Six years before. So six years before we signed them. Yeah. Right. Am I allowed to answer it or are we just leaving it for the listeners? You want me to guess? If you are very, very confident, if they haven't guessed yet, you will get the point. You will get the magic dude, folks. Quiz for the on this day competition, quizzy game that we now play every week. Point. Ali Maxwell. Correct. Yeah. He did. So he signed when we got relegated, he, did he know? He did. Yeah. Yes. After gifting us the Scottish Cup. Thank that you, was Ali. nice. Uh, in 2003, there was a pretty guff nil-nil draw with Patrick Thistle. I had nothing to report, really, apart from Mark Kerr played. I wasn't sent off for being a fanny, hmm. which is all right. Uh, the Jags had a rather excellently named Emmanuel Panther on the bench. Porn star name if I've ever heard it, and I'll bet he doesn't fix the washing machine either. I can remember him, yeah, just what, purely because fixing of the, the washing machine or uh, what? No, in, in that film. <laughs> uh, no, I, I do remember him just because of his name. What uh, a name. Uh, Stands out, what a it? name it's a beezer uh, in 2012 we were denied another breathtaking comeback as we narrowly lost to Hearts in a Christmas cracker at Tynecastle. Uh, the two sides served up a festive feast for the fans just two days before Christmas I didn't write these Christmas lines by the way they were <laughs> written for me um the play raised at one end to the other uh, was an utterly absorbing encounter but the Jambos won 2-1 on the day Rudy Scatchel played for us that day. Mm. He was replaced after 77 minutes by Milos Lashney. Lashney's claim to United fame, he never started a game in his eight appearances. He had a lovely car. Yellow. Yeah. A little bumblebee. Oh, it was a beautiful car. the film was. Yeah, he wasn't a, he wasn't a great, I think he scored one through at Park. Shite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that game as well, like Scatchel mm. playing for us, I think, that pissed a lot of United fans off that day because the Hearts fans were singing his name and he kind of... He milked his, his he, subby. He milked did. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't <laughs> the best signing. It should have been a giveaway when he asked for the squad number he asked for back then. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Shyhauser. Yeah, but not but, for us, though. Yes, Don't I agree. drag us into it. I agree. Uh, final match for this week is from 2017. We kept up the pressure on league leader St Mern with an emphatic 3-0 win over Livingston at cold and blustery Tannadice. It continued the club's unbeaten league run since the sacking of Ray McKinnon. Goals from Scott McDonald and a Paul McMillan double scored the win, but it was also the game that ultimately cost Fraser Five's United career. That's where it all started going wrong for us. Correct. Because it was the game after that that uh, Scotty Fraser got injured. Down that, it. that might be on this day next week, you never know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know if it is, by the way. <laughs> yes. It was St Murn away. We missed a penalty. Boy should have been sent off or going through McMullen ah, that was, that's where the season kind of got derailed I yep. feel totally and that's your on this day mm. for uh, today the 23rd of December our thanks as always to the Arab Archive for providing such a vast <laughs> array of information and Christmas puns in one line so there we go <laughs> uh, so that is it predictions uh, well, I'll probably have a couple of Christmas dinners um, I'll probably have loads of prawn cocktail um, I'll probably have um, I don't I don't like Christmas pudding I know looking at me you wouldn't think that but I'm not a Christmas pudding fan Okay. 
No, I don't mind a Yule log, and that's no euphemism for what happens the next morning. Sweet Lord. Uh, yes. How many trifles will you work your way through? Um, at least one. A day? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same totally. Here. Same here. Totally. That's... Um, that is the that that is the plan. I mean, that's that's the plan. Um, Selection boxes. No, no. That stage. Well, I've got two advent calendars here, right? Uh, well, there's two I can see. There's, there's two. There's two. There was one in work. I'm not going to lie. So, what I like to do is forget to open them day to day. Got you. So on You're stockpiling sweatshirts. Yes. So on Thursday night, I had dinner, I can't remember what I made, something average. Chocolate. Uh, and then tanned 10 days worth of mini Toblerones. Why not? Yeah, it was good. Why not? So that, that's kind of a thing, because the dairy milk one I've got, is, uh, it's got about six days on it. So that's that's good times. Yeah. That's good times. So uh, that's the plan for that. Um, off for annual leave from the day job now to, to, to January, which is good. And uh, when, when do you go back then? Uh, well, well, funny story about that because I could just tell you've just thrown a bus as uh, I go back on the third, but then I'm going away for the weekend uh, to the Monday to Manchester. So I then go back on the Tuesday, seventh, the seventh. So instead of saying on my out of office, I'm back on the third. I've just said the seventh because the third doesn't really count, doesn't it? And um, we'll have an experimental episode that week that's all I can say just now but it'll be very experimental two weeks away yes <laughs> mm. please so, please bear with us yes so it should be good but uh, I really um, not well I won't give away what, what it is but we might have a, a really cool interview to to play out that's that's what I'll say mm. okay. um, so yeah so that's that so and then the focus after uh, Santa's been um Turns to Friday night, really. Mm-hmm. Um, be there early. I think we have to be there early. Do we know what time the Heggie's opening yet? Uh, 11. 10. That's, that's 11. Let's, ma- let's make it 11. No, I'm not happy with that. It's not early enough. Uh, please note, I've just totally made that up. Don't queue up at 11, because I don't think it opens at 11. Yeah. But if you do queue up at 11, come and say hi. <laughs> Save the table. The um, yeah, so... Yep, looking forward to it. I think it'll be good. Uh, the podcast will be out as normal on the Monday. Uh, it will be recorded very early on the Saturday. I'm providing the bacon rolls. It's the only reason he's, you know, I've managed to get him here for half past nine that morning. Can't he wait? Uh, and because um, I have my yearly Christmas day out on the day, which... Kicking off early. 11. Yeah, 11. Yeah. It'll be good, though. Looking forward to it. And as long as we go there with a Derby win. Yeah, that's that's kind of all. And are you thinking? Are you feeling that we're going to get a derby win? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling it. Me too. Me too. But you would be you'd be off your nut if you're sitting here on the back of nine wins in a row, thinking Mm. I think we might struggle. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be struggling. No, we certainly shouldn't. I think they've picked up the last couple of weeks. I mean, that was a good win, good win yesterday for them uh, because I fancied Partick. That probably bust a few coupons. That one. Uh, unfortunately not Paul McGowan's hey. uh, so yeah again they'll be coming in at maybe on a slight high but then they were coming into the last derby on a a high as well after three wins on the bounce but I'm I'm still feeling that we're going to win we'll have enough their defence uh, up to now has been laughable would that be fair to say I mean we all laughed at the Queen of the South game so it's laughable mm-hmm. uh, shambolic at times mm-hmm. because we've all seen the shambles that is the centre half Wait a minute, are you discussing their centre-halves or this podcast sometimes? Uh, it's 
we're both you know if the cup fits <laughs> stick it on it's very true <laughs> no looking forward to it um, yeah, me, too. me too again I would I would love them to sell their allocation but I could see why they're maybe thinking not but for us to then get the extra couple of areas and really fill it it's going to be it's going to be great the atmosphere is going to be brilliant I think we'll I mean we saw it in the last even the away game we were well up for it uh, and people come early you know um, we back the team we sing our hearts out we go with it you know and at times the singing's louder than what any of the music I can play. And it, it, the feeling of that is just superb. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we'll put on a show. Yeah. I'm it's the best f- Derby going. It really is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the banner's already flying about of, you know, we'll stick it to his. And, you know, it's some, I think a lot of people are maybe doing it because they didn't see them for about a week or two at their work. <laughs> but, I know. But I think it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It should be good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to taking my seat again, looking over at the shed, seeing it full. Mm. Shed boys. Yeah. Dancing. Oh, absolutely gassed. I did, I, somebody, I think it's mentioned in Siggy's blog this week, actually, which again was fantastic. Could be the drunkest derby on record. Mm. I just hope that the Polis didn't clamp down on smelling breaths as we're going through turnstiles <laughs> or we're, oh, screwed. I'm sure you'll be That'll be the most poorly attended yes. derby. And back to the eggy after that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That should be good. No, Looking should, forward to it. Should be good. Uh, once again, we said at the top of the show, thank you very much to every single person who has listened and supported us and backed us. And if you're looking for a Christmas gift, tell someone about the podcast that they might not know about. Uh, we appreciate everyone that does get in touch, says hi, but the support's been, you know, to think at the start, we would have loved a hundred people to listen to get the kind of the people that do listen now. It's absolutely phenomenal uh, thanks to all our guests this year as well who have been on they've been absolutely brilliant uh, you know we've ended up with Tony Asgard as our guest which has been great but every single person that's been on from Jono to Jonas to uh, Paul Riley to Siggy to uh, I'm going to forget someone Andy McLaren um, Dixon. Paul Dixon Andy, Andy Goldie, Goldie Tom Cairns there's probably been somebody else I've totally forgot about as well, but it's just been, it's great fun to do as well. You know what I mean? It's, it's just been great. John Holt John was Holt. also on as well. Um, but thank you to all, to them has done it for everyone's going. Um, Merry Christmas when it comes this week. Have a good one. It's going to be fantastic to play us out. It's uh, some of our own United Mad Squads from the Cundies and a festive treat of their Christmas in the schemes, which I love playing at halftime, nearest our uh, Christmas Day fixture. Uh, this is to play us out. Do have a great week. Let's look forward to the derby. And we'll be back next week, the Louis Appery episode.